0: Greetings, listeners. You have found The Horror Returns. For all of you who delight in dread, fantasize about fear, and glorify gore, welcome home. This is the podcast that proves that the horror never ends. Each episode, we seek out and review a brand new horror movie, and then we go back and find a classic work with similar themes. We're looking at both similarities and differences. Our goal here is to explore how our perceptions of fear remain the same from generation to generation, Uh, but we also want to point out how the presentation can change based on the social and political climate of the times. Although we always do our best to avoid spoiling the new release, sometimes it may be necessary to talk about certain details in the course of our conversation. We generally assume you guys have already seen the classic film, so there will often be spoilers when we're discussing anything that's been out for at least a year. The other thing we may do from time to time is use a few four-letter words. This is a horror podcast, and horror movies tend to be R-rated, so you can pretty much expect us to be, too. Now, tonight, we're doing something a little bit different. This is the first in a series of director retrospectives, and we thought a good place to start would be the master himself, John Carpenter. So that's what we're going to focus on tonight. I'm Lance, and with me tonight is my regular co-host, Brian. And we have a very special guest here again who was with us a couple of weeks back, uh, Pedro Nunez, a.k.a. Brandon Draven, from the K-Fabulous Lucha Brothers podcast. So, Pedro, tell us about the podcast and where our listeners can find it.
1: Yeah, so the podcast is on geekdom101.com. Again, that that that's a website that not only does it have the wrestling portion of it, it also has film reviews, it has comic reviews, video games, um, uh, YouTube reviews, everything that that has to do with being a quote unquote geek is on there. Uh, You know some of that pop culture, internet fandom, niche stuff. And um, we have we do a show called the Fabulous Lucha Brothers, and uh, that you know it's a fun show, so uh, people should go check it out.
0: Awesome, cool. All right, well, we're, again, we're really honored that you uh, decided to join us again this week, man. Um, like We always like having you on the show. So, uh, as always, let's start out with a discussion of some of the highlights of what we've checked out this week. Uh, Brian, what'd you check out, man?
2: Uh, still, um, you know, catching up on Penny Dreadful. Uh, another show uh, that I'm still still liking is uh, Outcast. I don't know if uh, you've got on that show yet, Lance. I, I haven't. Uh, Pedro, have you seen that one?
1: No, but I'm very interested. Uh, uh, could you give me a little bit of the synopsis? Because I know a lot of people that are into the genre. They've kind yeah. of hopped on that. So well, what is it about?
2: Okay, it it takes place in this town. Uh, you get the impression that a lot of demonic possessions, a lot of kind of you know crazy stuff like that happens in this town the the main the main star of the show is uh, I, I always forget his name. He was the kid from uh, almost famous almost famous yeah, you were telling me about that last time. Oh okay time. yeah and uh, I guess he went through a similar thing with his mom uh, being possessed and you know the show's uh, uh, where he's uh grown up and he's he's kind of got an ability helping out with with exorcisms. There's something about him. And I, I don't want to give too much away. Um,
1: oh, okay. So that's pretty but, good. That's that's enough for me to give it a try, though. Yeah, it's
2: it's kind of like him and 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 uh, a priest working together to to battle, you know, these these evil forces. Mm. Who, who's, so
1: the, who, who, who's the who's the showrunners? You know oh, what uh,
2: I know uh, I know it's a Robert Kirkman. Uh, it's based oh, okay. off of that, one that, of his. That's what, Okay, good. Brian
0: Brian is the is the show still holding up?
2: Yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm probably gonna when the when the season's over, I'll probably give a full review on it. But um, as far as I, as far as for me, I'm, it's holding up. I'm you know, I even got my wife watching it, and you know, she doesn't like any of that kind of demonic possession type shows or movies. And but you know, she's watching it; it's got her interest.
0: Oh yeah, my my wife won't touch that shit. She's a born and raised Catholic, and she's yeah. uh, there ain't no way she's gonna watch anything about demon possession.
2: Yeah, my wife, I mean, she's, you know, she's not really religious. It's just, you know, she, that's not her thing. But she had uh, watched the uh, pilot episode and and was uh, pretty much on board after that. Got
0: hooked. Got hooked, huh? Yeah. Well, I heard a lot of people say Preacher's kind of going downhill or getting slow. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that this one's still good.
2: Yeah, I'm a little behind on Preacher. But uh, where I'm at in Preacher, I'm kind of about ready to tap out. Right yeah it's 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 not holding my interest any anything else uh that stuck out this week? No, that's about it. Well,
0: I actually got inspired uh, from something you guys talked about a couple of weeks ago uh Batman v Superman oh yeah. uh made it halfway through
2: okay really? was this was this the ultimate edition? uh
0: I don't know what edition it was, but it fucking sucked
2: <laughs>
1: It
0: fucking sucked.
1: Sorry, sorry, were you trying to tell me that even if you put whipped cream on shit, it's still shit?
0: I'm telling you, dude. I, uh, <laughs> there was just so much crap going on, and, um, I didn't think I was going to like Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I that, was uh, right.
1: A couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about Pennywise readjusting that character with this new guy, uh, Bill Skangard, I believe his name is, something
0: okay, like that. Okay, sure. Uh,
1: that's the kind of thing that went through my mind. We could have another Lex Luthor, you know, JC, Jesse Eisenberg situation here where these guys try to recreate these iconic characters and they end up just making fool of themselves, you know. So, uh, yep. we'll see how that.
2: I still believe that's that's not the real Lex Luthor because he's always in in I don't I know I know you didn't get all the way through the movie, but he's always referring to his father.
0: Okay, so you guys you you, you guys are talking shit. I don't know because I didn't have the balls to <laughs> stick with the whole movie.
2: So, So, I I mean, I think we can, you know, get a little bit of spoilers out. So, he's always referring to his father. So, I believe... Really? I I mean, I hope in the future (laughs) we get the Lex (laughs) Luthor that we've been wanting. Well, you don't think it's a Smallville situation,
0: do you? Where it's like uh, John Glover that played the father of Lex Luthor, but he was kind of the one who sent him down that evil path? Uh,
2: I don't know. I don't know. I mean I I enjoyed the movie a little bit more than right. most people but I it it was a mess. I don't know. I just I just have this feeling that th- this is not the Lex Luthor that we're going to get really.
0: Well, I'm so, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. So you,
1: so what you're trying to say is they should just open up their wallet and go ahead and pay Brian Cranston that money. Wow.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: But uh yeah, that was a cool little fan made poster that was around online about a few months ago. Right. Uh Ryan Cranston as Lex Luthor, you know, that was pretty cool. But the thing about that, the third act is what really like that act, that third act has no business in the movie because it doesn't it's not even part of the original movie, you know. And just... I'm
0: I'm glad I didn't make it to that.
1: <laughs> but uh the whole Martha scene it still has me boggled how that gets to all the producers and the script supervisors and all that. How does that get through right.
2: all the Oh my gosh?
1: <laughs> it's really, just so like really bad yeah
0: i i feel I feel like we've talked about it too long guys <laughs> i uh I also checked out warcraft
2: oh my gosh i
0: didn't hate it, surprisingly, i didn't hate it, and I expected to Duncan Jones was one of my absolute favorite young directors with the first couple of uh films I'm sure you guys have seen uh moon right
3: of course I, love I love them
0: that I love that moon. that was that was a stroke of, of brilliance. And the uh, Jake Gyllenhaal movie, uh, what was it called? Time, Time Source, Source Code, Source Code, Source, source Code. code. Source code. Yeah. Excellent movie, probably my favorite of that year. So, I was really pissed off when I heard this guy was taking over something as, you know, as, as a pedestrian as Warcraft, and I thought, ah, oh, shit, this is gonna suck. He's 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 never gonna be a good director again. He's totally sold out. Um, I actually kind of enjoyed it, maybe because I went in thinking I was going to hate it so much. But I thought, the, obviously, the special effects were great. They had a lot of budget to work with. First of all, the the main actor, uh, are you guys familiar with him, Travis Fimmel?
1: I'm sure if I saw him in something, I'll recognize him, but the name doesn't stand out.
0: Is
2: that that's the it? one from uh, Vikings?
0: That's the one from Vikings, okay. a TV show uh, on the History Channel that's been out for three seasons now called Vikings. If yeah. you guys haven't seen that, you owe it to yourself to at least give it a shot. Um, it's usually about, I think, I think about ten episodes a season, so it's not like overkill. Um, but yeah, he plays the main uh, Viking on that one. Yeah, I just think he's good in every in everything I've seen him in, which has only been two or three roles. I think I think he's a pretty good actor. I, I enjoyed the movie. I, I didn't love it, but I enjoyed it.
1: Okay, I saw a movie called Road Games, and it wasn't the eighty 82- two exploitation one with jamie lee curtis okay uh it's it's it was a new one from france about this uh this this guy that's on the road uh picks up this uh hitchhiker and um you know i'm not gonna spoil it here because it's 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 fairly new it's on netflix i was about Um, to
0: say isn't this uh like relatively newly on netflix
1: yeah yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna okay cool i
0: think i just put that in my in my uh queue about a week ago
1: well you should take it off. That's all I got to say about uh, that. Oh, shit. <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, no, grab no, no, my well, phone. It, Hold on. It's a very boring movie. I was expecting more. You you, you see the name Road Games. You right. see this guy holding a shotgun in the cover. Uh, and you, it's all a big letdown. It reminds me when I was a kid and you go to the VHS store and you would pick up that badass movie because of the cover. And then you mm-hmm. take it home and it's a big letdown. You know, That's what it reminded me of. And so uh, that's pretty much how I'll say on that. But uh, okay. That that's that's pretty much all I've seen as far as uh, genre related. Um, I, I I revisited over the top just because I had seen uh, oh yeah, the, Stallone. Yeah, <laughs> I had seen the Canon Films documentary Electric Bugalo, So I I he oh
2: was, that's a good documentary.
1: That's a great documentary. Actually. Very
2: very good man.
1: Uh, that was one of the many many clips they showed. So I was like, you know what? I I want to revisit this and I want to see how they handled sure. trying to put trying to put over uh. Uh, arm wrestling as some sort of like legitimate sport you know and build drama around it right and you know it was it was it was somewhat comical you know because you're you're seeing the 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 whole premise is built on arm wrestling and it's like it's arm wrestling you know there's nothing really dramatic about it kind of of, like
0: the movie uh, king the fairly brothers movie kingpin about uh, the bowlers
1: yeah, but at least that was very much established as a comedy, so that was part of it, you know. Over the Top was supposed to be this serious, dramatic movie. And, and you know, and it has a kid, you know, and I have a rule about kids. Okay. Whenever there's Whenever there's a kid in a movie, it's already a negative points with me because... Gotcha. The way Hollywood writes kids is they always write them to be very snobby and know it alls, and it was no sure. different. It was no different here. So uh,
2: that kid was ahead. an asshole. That kid was an <laughs>
1: asshole. Yeah
0: what what was that What was that movie that had Wolverine in it that was about the rock'em sock'em robots and the really shitty snotty little kid, his son, uh, uh, Real Steel. Real Steel. Steel. Oh Jesus Christ.
1: You're telling me the part where where they shadow boxing with the robot didn't capture your imagination? Oh
0: my <laughs> god, dude, so bad, so bad.
1: <laughs> so um, that's pretty much it. I, I, over the time, it wasn't as bad because it has it has Terry Funk in it, which uh, Brian knows all about Terry Funk. Uh, oh yeah, and, and uh, you know he ends up taking a bump over a glass window. That's always okay. exciting, right? Uh, but but um, so that's pretty much it. That's that's what I saw over the last couple of weeks.
0: All right, all right, cool. So as with every show, now it's time to take a little trip down to the trailer park. Uh, Brian, what's our first new
2: trailer to talk about this week? Okay, the first one we're going to talk about is Incarnate, starring Aaron Eckhart. Incarnate. I saw that one in the theater and
0: then what rewatched it uh, again.
2: Yeah, this, this seems like the typical Possession, run-of-the-mill movie. I wasn't, I wasn't really digging this trailer.
3: Right,
0: it's another
2: it's another Blumhouse production. <laughs> what I'll, what
0: isn't these days, right?
2: Also, um, uh, WWE Productions is also. Uh, oh, that's when I walked partnering. out of the theater right there. Yeah, they're also partnering in this, so. Um, oh, there you I go, don't know man. what it, what are your guys's take on it.
1: I mean, I'm just surprised somebody found there in that card. That guy's been MIA for the longest time, <laughs> and then and then he comes that's out right. and does this. What after
0: looks like after Harvey, after Harvey Dent, he was done, huh?
1: Yeah, he hasn't. I mean, he did the Frankenstein movie, and then after that, he's done sucked. a couple movies here and there. But it seems like, you know, he he was it was too early for him to go to the Val Kilmer route. You know, he just he, he should have had a couple more big theatricals under his belt, and now he's kind of like in the B movie role. You know, the B movie uh, hero. You know, so um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he should fire his agent. I don't know.
0: <laughs> like you were talking about a few weeks ago, he went the like the Val Kilmer or the. Uh, who was the other guy you talked about that's well, 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 uh, we
1: We have the Hall of Fame of straight-to-video, guys. We have Val Kilmer. We have Cuban right. Goodie Jr. Okay. We have, uh, we have uh, Michael Madsen. You see him every week. Oh,
0: of- yes.
1: Oh, we have uh, Tom, crepto- Tom Sizemore. He's uh, crept up. Tom Sizemore, yep. Uh, then, of course, our boy Eric Roberts. He's always a pleasure to watch in these things. And, and, and of course, the, the, the legendary one is Danny Trejo. <laughs> oh,
0: <yeah>. yes. <laughs> At least he's fun to watch every time.
1: Now, here's the deal for the people that don't know real, real fast. What happens is that when you have no money, what you do is you go and get one of these guys for about a day and you pay him to be like in three minutes of your movie. And then you market your entire promotion around that guy, even though he's only going to be in, th- in it for three minutes. Right. And that's And that's how you sell your movie to distributors. So that's that, that's why you see all these guys popping up in about if you go to some of these guys filmographies they got like 20 movies in production right now bruce willis
0: uh, is a good example bro,
1: he's creeping up in there he, he's no i'm not more than that really but uh right and also and also jason patrick of all people too samuel L. jackson but samuel L. jackson is kind of like a weird because he's still a big star but yet he i don't know right? if he has like i don't know if he has like 10 kids around the country he's got a support or what but
0: <laughs> probably he, so man he doesn't
1: he doesn't say no to anything you know he, he'll right? he'll He'll go do a movie with a $10,000 budget, and he'll go do a movie with a $100 million budget, but it's just weird. That's a weird one to me.
0: <laughs> sure. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I did not like this, uh, this, this uh, trailer at all, but I am looking at the director, Brad Payton, and he, he, he did uh, uh, San Andreas last year, which a lot of people thought was a really fun movie.
1: That still had Dwayne "The Rock" Johnson doing donuts around a big freight of trailers,
0: Hey, <laughs> he's he's also pegged to do San Andreas 2 and the uh the film version of Rampage, the video game. Have you heard of this one?
1: That that should yeah. be fun. That should be yeah. fun.
0: I would hope so, but The Rock is actually supposed to be in that one as well, guys.
1: So he's going to take like, out all the monsters?
0: I guess. <laughs> Hopefully he's not going to be the fireman that, or the guy with the flamethrower that just gets eaten every three minutes. You know? <laughs> so who knows? I, di- I didn't care for this trailer at all, guys.
1: No, neither did I. It seemed like a typical cash-in-studio movie. Nothing, nothing to see, really.
2: Right. If anybody is interested in watching it, it'll be out uh, December 2nd.
0: Well, that we uh, may be enough in a horror movie glut by then that we're forced to watch it for the show. You never know.
2: Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next one is another one I did not care for either is uh, Satanic. Uh,
0: kind of looked like a movie version of a CW show, didn't it?
2: Yeah, it's. I, I can't think of her name. Uh, I know she's on that show. Um, damn, I'm spacing Sa- there.
0: Sarah Highland? The one that yeah. plays Chloe or whatever?
2: Yeah, uh, she's, what not is, a
0: bad, she's not a bad looking young lady, I'll tell you that right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's on the show with, uh, damn, I'm spacing. Modern here. Family. Yes, there you go. Other than that, I don't recognize anybody else. Yeah, neither did I.
1: I saw the Again, trailer, and I got no memory of it. So that was two weeks ago, so give me a break. Right. <laughs>
2: Again, this is like a run-in-the-mill, satanic movie and uh from what i'm seeing apparently the movie was already released so i don't know if it was a uh, vod huh? or limited release <laughs> i have heard nothing about this movie hmm. or seen this movie nowhere the only, the only thing i remembered was the
0: visual of the pentagram that they painted on the wall there for some reason other than that the,
2: nothing stood out for me same here nothing you know i couldn't even really tell you what the what the movie's about I mean, other than that, it just looked like uh, a bad episode of
0: Gossip Girl or or Dawson's Creek or something with the devil.
1: There's there's a there's a movie called Satanic with Jeffrey Combs that came out about ten years ago. People should go watch that better.
2: Maybe we'll check that one out. Okay, everybody, <laughs> there, there. Watch that one. Don't watch the newer one.
0: All right, yeah. fair enough. You got a deal.
2: Okay, our last trailer is a monster's. A monster calls, starring uh, Liam Neeson. Oh
0: yeah, Liam Neeson as a as a monster tree, right? I heard about this one like a year ago.
2: It also has uh, Felicity Jones. is 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 that her name? Uh, She's uh, in Rogue One.
0: Felicity Jones is pretty hot actress
2: right now. Actually, she's got a lot of stuff coming out.
0: Yeah, this was she the wife in uh, A Theory of Everything, Uh, Stephen Hawking's wife. I think so. I'm thinking of someone else.
1: It might have been. Who knows?
0: <laughs> she. Oh, it was her, dude. It was. Oh, okay. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. She's a. Uh, she's a pretty good actress, man.
2: Uh, this movie also stars uh, Sigourney Weaver and Toby Kebbell. Um, I'm I'm interested in this movie. It it kind kind of got like a Tim Burton kind of.
1: It does have that scene in the trailer though, where we're talking about Real Steel, where the the kid is punching and the monster's emulating what he's doing. Okay. But except, <laughs> except, except the monster is punching a house. He's just punching a shot you know. So I don't know, it looks interesting. It looks it looks uh sure. So I mean I mean it was his name, um uh Liam Liam Neeson? Neeson. yeah, as the monster. That's what it says here on the credits. Right. Uh, um I'll give it a shot.
0: Hell yeah. I'll check it out. It's something I feel like I could take the, the two granddaughters to. I have a, a six and eleven year old granddaughter that uh live close by here. So sometimes I'll take him to the movies on the weekend or something like that. It, it looks like something kids would really enjoy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I got nieces about the same age as well, so I could take them.
0: Yeah, and, re- and really good special effects from what I saw in the uh, trailer. I'm, I'm impressed.
2: Spacing on the uh, director's name, but I know he's done movies like uh, The Orphanage and uh, The Impossible that came out a couple of years ago. It's about actually the- two very good movies. Yeah, so... Yeah.
0: And, and, I, and I think he's, if I'm not mistaken, isn't he supposed to do another one of the Jurassic World movies? Or am I thinking of somebody else?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that I one. I think,
0: is, if I'm not mistaken... Oh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, right, you're so right. I think he's yes. either a Spanish or a Mexican uh, director.
2: Okay, I got his... Uh, his name is uh, Juan Antonio Bayona. He, uh, he will direct the fifth installment of Jurassic Park film series. All right, so yep. he's on somebody's and, and, and. radar.
1: And I'm very glad that Brian got it right. It is part five, not part two, as Brian okay. <laughs> Right? There's nothing more. It's not Jurassic World Part Two, people. It's Jurassic Part Part Five.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> Indeed. Thanks for the clarification,
2: because you're you're right. <laughs> this movie is due to come out October 21st.
0: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll check it out. Yeah, it looks pretty good.
2: Yeah, I, I'll give it. a... Uh, it looks like something you can bring the family to. Yeah, I'm I'm going I'm gonna check it out.
0: So, uh, sounds
2: like out of the three, there's
0: one I'm interested in. What about you guys?
1: Uh, yeah, about the same. Just this yes. one here.
2: Okay. Same here.
1: Cool. I mean, knowing us, we'll end up checking all three of them out. But, right, you know, the other the other two gotta find me. That's the way I say. it. Understood.
2: That. Okay, I thought we'd do a little something different this time. Um, talking about John Carpenter, you know, in the recent news, um, he's gonna be involved in the in the next Halloween movie. So um, I started looking up uh, next year. There's going to be a lot of remakes and sequels to a lot of fan fan favorite movies. So I thought we kind of go through the list of what's coming out. Maybe uh, talk about if we're interested or not.
1: Cool. All right.
2: Okay. The first one on the list is Amityville Awakening. No interest.
0: No interest.
1: So is that that a remake to the remake or is that a remake to the original? Because now I'm confused.
2: I have no idea because we we had talked we had talked about it on our show how there's like I don't know like what 15 sequels and yeah, so I show. I know I know this movie's been made done trailer came out a while ago so
3: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know if that what that says about the movie because it, it should have, I, I think it should have came out like a year ago right and it has a January 6 release date.
1: Oh, Okay, so that, yeah, it's not a good sign when it's in the can that long. I mean, somebody don't want it out for some reason.
2: Yeah, I think I'm a pass on this one. I mean, I'm I don't know, if it's on Netflix or something, I might check it out. But Yeah, I, but then
1: not... it, it it comes to the point where like, what else do you need to say about that? You know, whatever you whatever's been said has been said. You can't really add to that kind of movie anymore. There's it's, it's just been, you know, that movie that franchise has just been done to death already. Well, exactly. you, would
0: think, you would think so. The, the only thing I could think of, and I, have they done this, guys, and I've just missed it, but maybe an Amityville parody? Kind of like uh, Wayans Brothers Haunted House type thing?
1: I would have never watched that in a million years, though. That's the problem. <laughs> okay, okay just... well. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right. but I don't think this is it. But, God, I just those parodies are the dirt worst in cinema, all of them. <laughs> okay.
2: Okay, moving on to our next one is Friday the 13th.
0: <laughs> definitely, a, definitely a classic series, man,
1: yeah, but again, now we're to the point that we're re- remaking movies that have already been remade it's it's weird, it's like what's going on here right there's got to be some there's got to be some scripts in Hollywood that are just sitting there collecting does that are very original mm-hmm. some big- and, and I understand and I understand why I understand the politics of why they do because it's 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 gonna make money, it's a sure bet, but uh man, how many times could you go to the well on these things, you know geez
2: No, doubt. Uh, no doubt. does the does the fact that it's a origin story intrigue you any?
1: Uh not really. And then I also heard some found <laughs> and then and then I also heard some found footage, Scuttlebutt. Is that true? Is gonna be uh, they want that, it to be a found footage?
2: That rumor is dead. They 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 confirmed that's not happening.
1: See, my problem with the with the with the last remake, which was I believe it was called the Friday the thirteenth or some bullshit like that.
3: Okay. Uh,
1: was that this guy Jason was like a paramilitary expert weed farmer. All of a yes, sudden, yes, that's right. And, that's and, and I'm like, and I'm like, what the? F-? You know, th- th- this guy's always just been this, you know, killing machine that has absolutely no conscience. Right. And now he's he's laying down booby traps and, you know, all <laughs> kinds of shit. Now, don't get me wrong; the movie had a phenomenal first ten minutes. I'll never forget that. The, when I was in the movie theater watching it, and 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 the entire opening sequence is like ten minutes, and then he kills. Spoiler alert, people! He kills oh. like the first people there that you thought were going to be like the protagonist and all of a sudden the credits come up like 10 minutes later that i like and then all of a sudden it just turns to shit
0: (laughs) what weren't there weren't there a great set of breasts though at the beginning of that movie or something
1: oh definitely (laughs) there were yeah top 10 all time so you know it
0: wasn't a total loss
1: no it wasn't the (laughs) 10 minutes and the breasts were made it worth made my my uh my (laughs) man my my matinee 6.99 worth it right there
2: okay another origin story that we're getting is leatherface
1: why and i thought we already got it with with uh i think blumhouse no 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 platinum dunes did that one did they uh, yeah uh, right. apparently
2: they're going younger in the origin story oh uh, shit and this <laughs> one uh as far as casting i know confirmed uh steven dorf is in this one
1: i thought you said brad dorf that would have put a smile on my face for sure <laughs> But is Steven, okay, that's good, that's good. Uh, he ain't going to be Leatherface, though, right? I hope not.
2: <laughs> uh, I haven't really heard anything about the the actual plot, so... There is a movie poster they released, it's online.
1: We lost Gunnar Hansen about a year ago, so it ain't going to be him.
2: Coming out January 27th next year is Resident Evil, the final chapter.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Well, well thank God for that, if it really <laughs> is the final chapter.
1: But if but if we know any lessons from previous final chapters, it's only the beginning. Yeah, no shit. Uh, time time uh, to
0: re time to reboot and start again, huh?
1: <laughs> but you know what? Here's the deal with Resident Evil movies. I'm a sucker for those, I'll admit it. Like they're like cheesy fun time. Like they absolutely make no no bones about the fact that they, they don't they don't take the games into consideration. They'll they'll just pick and choose little characters here and there. But uh I've always found that it's just a good time at the theater with those movies. You are gonna get some good action, some good scenes, and uh, I didn't really care for the last one, uh, but the the first three I like. I like I like the first three a lot. The one in the desert is the last one that I really liked. But yeah, I mean, if it gets a big theatrical, I'll go check it out.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, wasn't the last one uh three D?
1: Yeah, and I saw it in three D. It was pretty. Yeah
2: funny. that that was that was the last one uh, last movie I have seen in three D actually. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that bad, you know, as far as you know, like a popcorn movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, sometimes you just want to go in there and just kind of, you know, shut your brain off and have a good time. You know, they don't all have to be classics. And yeah. like like, like I was talking about The Purge a couple of weeks ago, you know, it's like that fits into the same mold. Like, You just want to go in there and sit down with your popcorn and just have a good time. And those kind of movies, that's what they give you. That's all they give you, really. So that's good.
0: Yeah, I, guys, I was never a fan from the beginning. Is, isn't the first one where some guy was walking through a room and... I don't know. Was it lasers that chopped him in half, or some kind of blades, yeah. or something? Like, I just, I just never cared, never cared for the Resident Evil movies. That, I, I love playing the video game, but I just <laughs> didn't care for the uh, films that much. What wasn't one of them like? Um, there was a big lead up that it was going to be set in Vegas, like a uh, Vegas in the future or whatever. But, yeah, that's and,
3: part three. That's part three.
0: Okay, but but it, correct me if I'm wrong. They were really only in Vegas for like five minutes of the movie, or something like that.
1: Yeah, that you're right. Hey, quickly, he, and
0: it was like basically just sand everywhere and everything was buried. I, I I never got into them.
1: But I'll tell you what, they were in Vegas longer than Jason was in Manhattan. So okay, th- you're right. But he was on, he was on that yacht
0: the boat a lot though, huh?
1: Yep. <laughs> and I still want to know how you go on a yacht from uh wherever they were at to Manhattan. That no doesn't
0: shit. make sense from Camp <laughs> Crystal Lake to Manhattan, huh?
1: Yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, our our next movie due March tenth is Kong Skull Island.
0: That one I'm looking forward to. That one I do want to see.
2: Yeah, they just recently released pictures from the movie. Uh, the uh, King Kong is going to be pretty massive in this one.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, now is is uh is our boy Andy Serkis gonna be the con man this time and give himself two paydays like he did with King Kong? Remember, he got two uh... paydays. He was he was there as a character and as King Kong. So was he? Him. Was he really? Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, I have not heard his involvement in this movie.
0: Well, I would I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's kind of the go to guy when it comes to doing doing the uh, computer graphics and providing the face and all the the looks and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was Golem and and uh, Caesar mm-hmm. and. Uh... And he's a uh, supreme uh, Snoke, so yeah, he's, he's he's around. He's getting his money. I w- hey,
0: no. I will tell you this. I'm I'm kind of looking through the uh, the casting list. <laughs> this is like, I mean, literally an all star group. Uh, it looks like you got Tom Hiddleston, uh, okay. Brie Larson, the previously mentioned Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> John Goodman, and John C. Riley. Now, what kind of a fucking cast is that, guys?
1: Well, anytime I, I see John C. Riley, brings a smile to my face.
0: Absolutely, man. So this could either be extremely good, or it could be a whole bunch of really talented egos stepping all over each other.
1: That's right. That's right. That's the risk you take when you build that kind of cast.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and this is also set in the uh, the Godzilla universe from the the last Godzilla movie. Sure. Cool. Eventually, eventually they uh, they are going to meet in a movie.
1: Well, that's the new trend in Hollywood because of the success of uh, the Marvel characters. Not that's, right. Every, that's right. Everything has to be – if you own multiple franchises, your, your, your goal is to create cinematic universes now. So uh, that's going to get very annoying in a few years.
2: We had, we had talked about it a couple of episodes ago, how the, they're trying to do that with the, the Universal Monsters.
1: Well to, well, to their credit, it's always been like that with them. Because they've always kind of been in the same universe, even going all the way back to the '50s. Right. So if if anything, they were the trendsetters for this mess. <laughs> yeah, it's good, yeah,
0: it's a good point. That's a good point. I'm, it, I'll tell you what, this uh, I really, really enjoyed the the Godzilla movie. I know a lot of people didn't like it that much. No, man, I think I think they've got something to work with here, and it sounds like they got a great cast. Yeah, I'm. This is one I'm excited about.
2: Okay, uh, our next one uh, just announced coming out October 27th is Saw Legacy. Oh, no.
1: Oh, jeez. The guy died about three movies <laughs> in. Somehow they <laughs> find ways to bring him back.
3: You know, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, okay. I knew
0: Saw wasn't dead. They promised us it was two or three years ago. I knew they were fucking lying. It's kind of like that final chapter uh, scenario you were talking about.
2: Yeah. That's right. Um another movie. Uh we're getting a remake of Flatliners. Mm. Uh because well,
1: com- the whole world was just waiting for that. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: And I'm <laughs> a little confused because I guess it's this one's also starring Kiefer Sutherland. But <laughs> it's on. supposed to be it's supposed to be a remake. So
0: a remake it's with it's, Kiefer it's, Sutherland. Uh but it it's,
2: it's got it's got a few people in it. It's got Ellen Page. Uh Diego Luna who's going to be in Rogue One?
0: What? They've actually yeah. got they've actually got people uh that that are for sure going to be in this movie.
2: Yeah. Uh they already got a release date of August 18th.
0: What the fuck? Diego Luna's a damn good actor, guys. Y'all know who he is? Of yeah.
2: course.
0: Yeah, that, that I mean this could be pretty good then. Ellen Page, Diego, who's directing it?
1: let me look that well, up real quick well the, well the, well the original had like julio roberts in it and yes. Kevin bacon and yep. so the original had a good cast too it did
0: and a lot of them were actually made by then they do by by the time they did that movie i remember they had already done a lot of big roles so i don't know guys uh this this now, sounds now, let, pretty let, interesting
1: let me ask brian this i don't know if it's on his list i don't know if i was dreaming this or if this is a fact here are we also going to get a highlander remake
2: that's what i heard it's it's not on my list um, Right now, from what I what I've read, it's only in discussion right now. You can, oh you man, can't, I forgot.
1: You, you, you can't replace the greatness of Christopher Lambert.
2: I'm trying to remember. They they said they had someone idea, not idea, as far as we're concerned, but who they wanted. Problem but yeah, it, right now it's in discussion.
0: Problem is though about that one, there can be only one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the great Clancy Brown, so you can't fuck with him either.
0: Right? No shit. <laughs> Will they? Will they have another uh, Scottish Spaniard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see all these. Maybe turn. maybe maybe Ewan McGregor this time. He's too busy
1: getting in shape for that uh, Obi One, you know, movie that that's been talked about as well.
2: True, true. Okay, I just pulled it up here. Uh, the front runner right now to play Connor McLeod is Tom Hardy. Whoa!
0: And okay. it was and I... it was announced.
2: You got Go my ahead. interest now, and it was announced in February that Dave Batista would be playing the Kurgan.
1: <laughs> okay, well, well he, he he ain't Clancy Brown, but he's pretty damn charismatic himself. I was, I was so. about to say you
0: you guys know a lot about him, don't you?
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, moving on to our next one, um, Jeepers Creepers Three is oh, actually that, that was... filming right no. now. Oh, good, because
1: that one's been in development hell for years. That's, a, that's another movie that I like, the first one, because it doesn't have a, your typical Hollywood ending, and I like that.
0: Right. Yeah, me, me too. Agree. I love the first one.
1: The second one yeah. is a little – it always bothers me with Victor Salvo because of his history, and you see his movies, and it's like, oh, I don't know. It makes me a little freaked out. I don't know if you guys know, yeah. you know yeah. his, his history. You know. <laughs> and, and and the second one, he filled it up with a bunch of high school kids in a bus. Okay, now so. is that
0: is that the guy that directed Clown House?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I'm that.
0: That is
2: the sick bastard I'm thinking of.
1: Yes, and powder as well. Yes. Ah, it. that's
0: right.
2: That's right. Yeah. The the second one he did. You know, there was a lot of boys in the school bus, shirts <laughs> off.
1: <laughs> it did have the great Ray Wise though, and I always like seeing Ray oh, Wise. Oh yeah, mind.
0: he's fantastic, man.
1: Yeah, it did have him in it, so that's always a plus.
0: You know what? I hated it so much, to be honest with you, Pedro. I I had forgotten Ray Wise was even in it. <laughs> oh, looking man. at. Well, Look,
2: looking up Jeepers Creepers 3, um, the actress from the first one is going to reprise her role, uh, Gina Phillips.
1: Gina Phillips. I always liked her. I, huh. I'm surprised her career didn't take off. She was always a pretty girl, and uh, Jeepers Creepers was the biggest thing she did, and then she went right to the uh, the the female version of our Val Kilmer's and Cuba Gooding Jr. She's been in a DVD <laughs> straight to video hell for the last 10 years. So huh. um, I'm glad she's going to get a big payday out of this if it gets a big theatrical.
0: So any, any idea what this is supposed to be about, uh, Brian?
2: Um, it's called Jeepers Creepers Three: The Cathedral. So cathedral. Yeah, I'm not.
1: Maybe goes to church. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it
2: could be, man. Okay. Um, our next one, uh, Hellraiser Judgment.
0: There's been a lot of Hellraiser movies.
2: Yeah, this is this is the one that I was not looking forward to because I don't think um Clive Barker's is involved in this one. Right because uh, he was uh he's trying to remake the original one, one himself so That's, this this one i don't think has his involvement in um i forget uh, the actor's name that plays pinhead he's not reprising his role
0: uh, Doug Bradley Yes Okay so it it
2: it is Doug Bradley or it's not It's not
0: Oh fuck
2: which i i don't think he's been pinhead the last
1: prob- prob- no, no, only season, oh, oh, only one the, the the last one they released uh, he was in pinhead and it was horrible nobody ever watched that movie please and it's, it is on okay. netflix by the way is it so, so i, just, that I bad, just became huh? an enabler by default uh, yes what here's the story with that what happened was that the weinsteins were about to lose the rights to a hellraiser and within like a month they assembled the team uh, and they just did it because they were going to lose the rights. so it was very selfish and the motivations weren't the proper ones, and they just made this horrible movie with without Doug Bradley or without Clive Barker, and it's just a big pile of shit. So, uh, okay. yeah, that's one we should people should avoid.
0: I will avoid. You gave uh, last show you were on with us. You gave me two really good movies to watch. I think this this week you've already given me two really good to avoid.
2: Okay, What's next? and uh, we're getting another child's play movie next week. All right,
1: year. yes, Chucky. <laughs> I, I, I love, Cur- like, I, I love, I love, I love Curse of Chucky though. I, I love I that movie. Too, I did too, know. It's uh, it's uh, Tom Mancini coming back for that.
2: From what I've heard, uh, this is going to be a sequel. Uh, uh, it's going to follow right after Curse of Chucky. Perfect. So.
1: Perfect, as well it should. Well, I don't know how that's going to happen, but okay. I mean, it is <laughs> okay.
0: Well, they had that one scene at the very beginning. Do you remember? Or I mean, I mean, at the very, very end of the movie where um
1: yes yes yeah the after credit scene yeah yeah the
0: after credit scene which i don't know if they're going to you know pick up on that where they actually get andy involved again or or what the deal is but i mean i i could see it going either way this this one could either go back to andy or this could just be a, another you know another character altogether but out of out of all my favorite uh horror movie icons freddy is number 1 for me and chucky is a close second i i, I love all of them dude I love the campiness of the... Well, the one thing I didn't like quite as much was Seed of Chucky. Because I was thinking, why in the fuck does his son have a British accent? That didn't make sense to me. But uh, <laughs> Pride of Chucky, I love, man. I, I love the way they kind of turned it on its head, the mythology, and did something completely yeah. different, you know? But yeah, I, I'm with you, dude. Curse Curse was great.
1: About uh, about two years ago, I went to see The Exorcist 3 over at the New Beverly Cinema. And obviously Brad Dorov's in it, right? And and, and he w- he was there as a the speaker. So he's sitting down on his seat ready to watch the movie. And a couple of people started getting loud in the back. And then he gets up and he's like, Shut the fuck up <laughs> But so but but that was Chucky saying it, right? right? He's the voice. So it sounded just like Chucky saying. It. So the entire fucking theater just started laughing and going into hysterics awesome. because you know, if you close your eyes, you know, it was Chucky telling them to shut the fuck up and sit down. But anyways, that was that was pretty cool. So yeah, no, I'm def- I'm in for for any Chucky movie. Yeah, they, they always have a certain charm to them. Yeah, big
2: time. Yeah, and I I just found out Mancini, Jennifer Tilly, and uh, Fiona Duroff is confirmed.
0: Oh man, for the I'm I am so yeah. in, dude.
1: That Curse of Chucky was pretty cool. And then they 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 connected it to all of them. It was it was clever yep. how they did all that.
0: I agree, man. Very very well done the way they tied it all together.
2: All right, and the last one we're going to talk about is uh, they're remaking Suspiria.
1: Uh, that, that's gonna be hard because that film is such a product of its time, correct? And also, and also the director. I mean, Dario Argento, he's just kind of out there as it is. He's kind of a wacky guy. Yep. So to kind of duplicate, try to duplicate that whole visual, and then you had the Goblin soundtrack, which was phenomenal. I mean, I don't know. It's just gonna be one of those cookie cutter remakes, I fear. You know, and they're gonna try to Americanize it, which which totally contradicts what that movie's all about because it has that Italian sensibility to it. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out.
0: However, and and believe you me, Pedro, I had every single fucking reservation that you just expressed when I heard about this. However, my understanding, if I'm not mistaken, Brian, is there's some pretty goddamn talented people lined up to be in this.
2: Dakota Johnson and Tilda Swinton are going to be in the remake. Tilda
0: Swinton. That's the name I heard that got my attention
1: but she's probably going to be the 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 main you know the main witch
0: for sure for sure and i think she'd be perfect
1: that 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 film is just so encapsulated in its time i don't know it might it might still be a good movie though
0: i guess we'll just have to like reserve judgment and wait and see what happens
1: yeah
2: and i actually did miss one on my list uh probably because i don't care about this movie um (laughs) world war z2 Oh my god! <laughs> Allegedly, it's coming out next year, which right. I don't believe it will come out next year.
1: No, because that movie is so big and so bloated that it, we should have already started to hear, you know, pre-production, and we haven't. So uh, you're right; it's probably going to be in a couple years.
0: Hey, have you guys ever read the 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 book by any chance?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not it's nothing like the book. You no- the nothing,
0: book nothing like it at all. In fact, uh, the book is a bunch of uh, vignettes, like a whole bunch of short stories told from yeah. all different points of view. Uh, and he actually, the the guy who wrote it uh, is did, I don't know if you knew this, Max Brooks. He is that's the son right. of uh, Mel Brooks.
1: Yeah, yes, he is.
0: And I was thinking that's a weird thing to come out of you know, as much as Mel Brooks is just like straight up comedy, and then and then his son uh, is, seems to be you know pretty talented too, but he writes about uh, zombie and zombies and horror elements. I just thought that was kind of odd. But they also have one that I did not read that he wrote called The Zombie Survival Guide.
1: Yeah, that's more of an instructional manual on how to survive the apocalypse. Okay. Yeah, it, it's, he, he kind of throws some stories in there, but it's mostly like what to do to survive the apocalypse, you know where mm. to hit them, you know what, 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 what kind of weapons you need to have, You know stuff like that.
0: That's pretty cool. So the con- basically the concept is like, okay, so we're assuming that it was written in a world where they, you know, literally have taken over and they're here. And, and it's kind of a book that they try to get out for people to read to, you know, make sure some of the humans survive, huh?
1: Right, exactly.
0: Hey, I'd, I'd like to read that.
1: Well, I mean, I would hope you, you, you're enough of a veteran of the genre where you wouldn't need to, but if you have to, right. go for it.
0: <laughs> well, I I I guess you're assuming that, you know, the people in that universe it wasn't brought up as a genre, you know, and that it just kind of happened.
1: Yes, we're trying to get meta here. If it happens in this world, you don't need it, but if it happens in their world, we we do need it.
0: There you go, man. Like if uh there was uh, vampires here, you know, you would know about the garlic and the stakes through the heart and all that kind of stuff, right?
1: Yeah, but also keep in mind that they in 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 the fantasy world Sometimes they go against their own rules when it comes to vampires. It gets more confusing with vampires now because they'll tell you that that garlic shit is bullshit in their world. Okay. So in the fantasy world of the fantasy world, it's like no garlic doesn't work. <laughs> fuck? So it's like it, it depends what 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 alternative universe we're dealing with here.
0: Man, it gets confusing, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> yep, it sure does. Yeah, World yeah. War Z
0: two. Uh, nah, I'm not looking forward to it.
2: Yeah. No. And that was the last one on the list.
0: All right, so normally this is the time of the show that uh, I would say it's time for us to start going into our, our two featured attractions. Uh, but, of course, we're doing things a little bit differently here. And we are going to focus on a director who I think is near and dear to all three of us, but maybe particularly so more to you two guys. So, um, Brian, we'd I'd like to ask you to get kind of get things started, man. I know you're a huge John Carpenter fan, and you can probably fill fill us in and fill the audience in on uh, what got this guy to where he is and and some of the highlights of of his career.
2: Yeah, I'm going to read a little quick bio on him real quick. You know, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, you know who John Carpenter is. You know, he's a film director, screenwriter, producer, editor, composer. He's worked in numerous film genres. He is most commonly associated with horror and science fiction from the 1970s, 1980s. Going back to his music, he's uh, composed or co-composed most of his music in his films. Some of them are now considered cult as well. The main theme of Halloween being considered a part of popular culture. He has released his first studio album, Lost Themes, in 2015 and also won a Saturn Award for Best Music for Vampires in 1988. I thought we'd kind of go around and, you know, uh, speak on... uh, Pretty much, you know, our favorite movies from John Carpenter. And uh, I'm going to start it off uh, my all-time favorite, one of my all-time favorite movies, uh, Big Trouble in Little China.
3: Love that film.
2: Uh, It recently just uh, celebrated its uh, 30th anniversary uh, a week or two ago. I was going to say, when that movie came out, it was uh, originally a, a flop, but now it's a cult classic.
1: Well, that's gonna be the overriding theme of his career, unfortunately, that we're gonna to get to. And he just has—he just—he's had some bad breaks over his career.
2: Yeah, it's just for me, it's just overall a great movie. You got comedy, you got fantasy, you got action, you got memorable characters. The music—I always remember the music. I might, I might own the soundtrack to it, and uh, I'm really scared of the remake they're about to make. Featuring The Rock. Yeah, I kind of wish they wouldn't do that.
1: Here's the thing that people don't understand about Big Trouble in Little China: it's a satire on the on the on the action movies of the time. Like the character of Jack Burton, he's a complete buffoon, which is the comedic, which gives it its comedic value. If you go back and rewatch that movie, he never does anything, but yeah. somehow he thinks he he thinks he did everything. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's, so, that's, so, that's,
2: that's what's got me worried of the casting of The Rock because I I don't want him to be Jack Burton.
1: No, it wouldn't work. You need you need like an everyday man to be Jack Burton. You don't you can't have this juiced up rock running around because that, that that's what gives his charm first of all kurt russell did a phenomenal job with that character with that with that sense of like you know he's he, he's a very prideful guy but when it's when it's time to get down and dirty he just can't do it you know whether because of he's he's a he's a clumsy guy or he's or sometimes he's just straight up scared and then of course they do that cool thing where the sidekick you know the, the asian guy he's the real hero of the movie in the disguise because he's the one that always kind of sets the table for for jack burn to take all the credit. You know what I'm saying? I, I love that movie. I've always said this because when I saw The Force Awakens and and, and I know how much J.J. J. Abrams, how much of a fan he is of these things, uh, especially the, this genre, I felt like the character of Finn was very much inspired by Jack Burden because if you see the character of Finn huh. – he's in the same situation he's always the guy that's going to save the day and he'll right. get knocked out or he'll get you he'll, he'll trip on himself and but somehow he has that, that that comedic timing to where he wants to take the credit but everybody is in on the joke you know and it's the same thing with the jack burden character you know a couple of my favorite scenes are you know when he obviously when he shoots the gun up in the air and then he, all the debris <laughs> of the roof kind of knocks him out you know and then of of course, when he opens the door, he's like ready, and then he opens it, and all those guys are gonna attack him. And then he's like, he closes it again, and then he just looks at everybody like, no, we can't go out. Or, you know, just great scenes over and over. Um, and of course they do that whole thing about how he he didn't even want to be involved in this. What happened is that he just so happened to drive his truck at the time, you know, where shit was going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so, so there, there, there's a lot. Of that. That's a great movie. Uh, that's a good pick that that you had right there.
2: Okay, uh, Lance, you want to go next?
0: Uh, my number three was Escape from New York. And I think the main, uh, I, one of the main things about this movie for me was not just the film itself, but like my personal memories of watching this movie with my dad, uh, who passed away two years ago. And just remembering how much we enjoyed watching this movie together. This, this was, this was one of the original ones that a bunch of movies are based on now, right? I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you guys agree that this is kind of like, I mean, we're going back to 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 a film we just reviewed not too long ago, The um, Purge. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of similar elements, I think, in the Purge movies, especially the third one, To Escape from New York. I think there's a lot of elements uh, in in all kinds of movies now that come out where you're you're kind of like you got to go in and get somebody and get the hell out of there. I just think this one did it early and i and i think it did it really really well but but a lot of what i like about this one was really quite frankly just my memories of watching it with with my dad who can deny that snake plissken is one of the most you know badass anti-heroes of all time that's right you know so escape from new york is uh is definitely gonna be my my uh, number
2: three of my top three Okay, quick little thing. Um, Connecting uh, Big Trouble in Little China. uh, You guys ever read the comics to these uh, movies? Never have. No, I haven't either. Uh, They will be uh, merging the two characters in an upcoming comic book. What? Oh, Yeah. Because I haven't read. uh, I read a little bit of the Big Trouble in Little China. It picks up right where the movie ends. And they said uh, upcoming... uh, I think I I don't, I don't got the date here in front of me, but uh, Jack Burton will meet uh, Snake Plissken in the comics.
0: Now, come on, dude how are, how are they gonna pull that off?
1: No, it's the comics. It's too different. It's not. It's not like right. Kurt Russell. Has, but the, but the thing I think that'll work because it's two totally different characters, you and think they're so? both like they're both completely opposites. Because Jack Burton is kind of like this bumbling buffoon, and and. Snakes Flicks is like such a badass, you know, and he's such like an emotional okay. badass. One of my favorite scenes in *Escape from New York* when he's having that one-on-one moment with that with that one girl, remember? And and you're thinking, oh wow, they're gonna go the the romantic route here, you know? And right. all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, they come from underneath the ground and they take her, and and he has absolutely no remorse. He just gets away from her and he allows that to happen. I I that that scene has always stood <laughs> with me, right? <laughs> he just he just walks away. he's just like, okay, fuck it, they took her because because Snakes Flicks can he's kind of like a he's exactly what his name implies he's kind of a snake and his whole his, his whole sure. thing is he's a criminal and his whole idea is i have to survive and now i'm in this situation and i gotta get out of it i don't i don't care about anybody or anyone that i have he doesn't even care about the person he's got to rescue he just he just got to get out of the situation he's in because he got caught up in it exactly um, he, and he, so, he
0: just cares about getting the job done so he can get out of prison
1: Yes, very very reminiscent of like somebody like a mad max that's that that's sure. who I think they have parallels there in in both of those characters um so he's very much an anti hero like you said uh so it'll be interesting to see what happens when he meets jack burden, who's like the he thinks he's a he's a badass but he's really not mm-hmm. uh, um and and i'm I'm with you though i mean i love escape from new york the 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 main theme is one of my favorites from john carpenter's uh uh, the, the, the discography, you know, he, he, that, that's a phenomenal. Uh, theme that one from Escape from New York, and um, you know, it's just it's just one of the movies that, that that I always revisit at least once a year.
0: So let me ask you guys a question. Why? And I know there was a you know a quasi sequel, Escape from L.A., which you know was fun to watch and the the surfboard and all that bullshit. And then of course you know Bruce Campbell showing up as the plastic surgeon. Yeah, but why but
1: you... remember but, but let's remember who was the surfer. You're downplaying the surfer now. Okay,
0: okay. It was, it was the great enough. Peter Fonda. Indeed, indeed. But <laughs> let me seriously though, why has no one put together a TV show for Escape from New York? That would be cool because Nick
1: Splitskin is the kind of guy that kind of gets into these wacky adventures, and just he, he would be a good character to just have a monster of the week kind of show, where it's like every week he's dealing with something else, kind of like uh, Supernatural was in the early years, you know. So um, that would definitely be something cool to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, would that not be the you know the perfect you know thir- thirteen episode you know season where or, or you know what I think they should do? I think they should have him go on a different adventure every season. Okay, so instead of like escape from New York or escape from LA, you know, maybe one season could be, you know, Snake Snake Plissken uh, going into the going into the Amazon or something. And then another one could be Snake Plissken in space or something. But I don't know, to me it just seems like he'd be the perfect character to be to have a recurring role, you know, somebody you'd want to check out in more of a long-term story arc.
1: Yeah, and the cool thing about this character too is like any anti-hero, he does have at the end of the day the best anti-heroes have this weird fucking moral compass that only they follow for example at the end of escape from new york when when the president wants to have that that speech and and, and you know snake spliskin has that that incriminating tape sure. as he's walk you know he 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 walks as he's walking away he just rips it you know in other words he's still doing something for society but at the same it's almost like he can only take so much you know but uh all these anti heroes always have that weird moral compass where they they're good guys but they're also very selfish it's, it's, yeah. it's a nice it's a nice little balancing act
0: and at the end of the day they don't give a fuck
1: that's and that's <laughs> what makes them so <laughs> right yeah yeah
0: yeah so anyway that that's easily my number my number three
2: yeah there is a remake in the works to no this movie. yes that's not well- what i wanted to hear
1: well, okay. Well, well, let's let's let me let me take a little side step here and talk a little bit about John Carpenter. First of all, the guy has absolutely no shame in getting paid. All right, true, we, we, true. That has been, and he will tell you himself. He's like, I don't give a fuck who takes. As long as I get a paycheck, you could we do whatever the hell you want, and, and mm-hmm. he has absolutely he makes absolutely no bones about it. Yeah, t- Second- take take
0: for example the Halloween talk, right?
1: He has most of his filmography has already been remade. The Thing, The Fog, uh, uh, Halloween, Assault on Precinct 13, which actually wasn't yep. a bad movie, the remake.
3: Not too uh, bad.
1: Right. And, uh, so, he's, yeah, he's got a few of his movies already remade. He, he's also become very lazy over it. But he's, he's an older guy. He's like 70 years old now. But uh, Right. you know, And, and, and from, from, from the people that I know that have dealt with him, he's also very moody and, and you know, kind of like <laughs> – I've, you know, I've, I've, I've heard that, that before too. So so he's not the best human being to interact with, but he's very, very talented, which is, you know, how most artists are, actually, when you think about it. Right. So so, so um, did you
0: guys, uh, not to change the subject too much, but have you, did you guys ever happen to see the anthology series he did on HBO? Well, it wasn't even a series. It was just like a one-shot movie. It, body Bags. Uh, body body, body bags. bags. Yes. Yes. I love that. Oh, I loved
2: it's, it, too. I was just going to say, it's been a while since I've seen it.
0: Right.
1: I do remember it had the the guy from Revenge of the Nerds, Robert Carradine, as a as a as a as a serial killer in a parking lot garage or in a gas station or something. Yeah, it was
2: a, yeah, it was a gas station.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that was very against type, at least for me as a little kid, remembering from the Revenge of the Nerds.
2: Sure. Yeah, uh, John Carpenter was the the guy that worked in the morgue.
1: Yep. Yeah, he was yep. he was like yeah. the creep keeper. He was the he creep was keeper. like the
0: crypt keeper. You you hit the nail right on the head, dude. He was the storyteller.
1: And then there was one with a uh, Stacy Keach trying to grow his hair out, but he takes this weird potion or whatever, and all of a <laughs> sudden he's, he he ends up right. he ends up growing like hair all over his face, and it, you know. It, it, and then the last one had Mark Hamill, I believe. Yes, yes, this, that's, right. Has, that's right. That's right. Surgery in his eye, so I think a serial killer surgery. Or so I they, forget they put,
0: put somebody else, they put somebody else's eye in him, right? As a as a uh, transplant or something like that. It was a serial killer.
1: Yeah, so uh, he ends up trying to kill his wife because the eye possesses something. Yep. Something that was a you're right. That was an experiment. They wanted to make it an anthology series, but nobody mm-hmm. went for it because at the end of the day, I think I haven't seen it in years. But I think the movie's not that good. You know, it's it's not that the best movie, and and so HBO or Showtime or whatever, they never picked it up. Oh, dude, I I loved it,
0: man. I I loved it. Uh, as as a matter of fact, if I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he had a couple of pretty big name directors uh, show up in bit parts, and I think maybe some of them helped either write or, or direct some of the segments.
1: Uh, Toby Hooper directed the the Mark Hamill one. I remember that. Okay, all right. And, and then I think Sam Raimi pops out in the gas station as the client. Oh fuck! You're
0: right. You're right.
1: <laughs> before <laughs> before uh, uh before Robert Carradine shows up That's with an axe. Right. And uh, Wes Craven is in it, I remember, too.
0: You know what, dude? For what it was, I, I loved it, man. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I wish it could have kept going.
1: Yeah, it, w- it would have been a cool little thing.
0: Yeah, and it, and it was purposefully trying to be kind of like a B-movie horror, don't you think?
1: Yeah, somewhat campy. Yeah, but we Very did stuff campy. like that. Yeah.
0: So anyway, to get off the, uh, the topic a little bit there, I thought Body Bags was a lot of fun. I, I wish it could have kept going. Oh, Definitely.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna choose. I mean, I'm gonna choose the thing. That's the one I'm gonna choose. Ah, great Uh, choice,
0: man. Great Uh,
1: choice. Everything about this movie is perfect. Like the Mm -hmm. setting, the to this day. Like if you if you you know we live in a very jaded society, right? But nowadays, nobody 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 gets scared anymore. But if you put somebody in a dark room and, and you turn off all the lights and you put on this movie, it will creep them out because of the fact that. The characters themselves are in a very isolated place, so it kind of, by default, makes you feel like you're with them in a a very isolated place yourself. I mean, they're in the middle of Antarctica, for crying out loud, so it's like there's nowhere to run. And the thing about the thing, you know, no pun intended there, is Mm -hmm. that... it's. It, we never really even see the thing. That's why it's called the thing. What is it? It's, I know it's like a parasite, but it's, that's what makes it so scary because you would think, oh, it's this monster. But it's, it's, it's some sort of parasite that makes you the monster. Sure. So it kind of manipulates. It kind of, yeah, it, it molds into you. And then it creates, however, it creates whatever it has to create using your own DNA. You know, we have the classic scene with the dog. We have the classic scene with the, the spider head, which is the that's really the one everybody thinks of when they think about the thing. Um, so many tense moments. How about how about the part when they're all getting tested for see if they have it? In, that 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 if you if you don't think that's a tense moment, I mean, I don't know what to tell you because that's such a great execution of directing and acting, and everybody's doing their part. And of course, it has uh, John Carpenter's soulmate the great kurt russell like we've given him some (laughs) love in the last three films right so um, and john carpenter has gone on to say that this is his uh his apocalypse movie you know this one and the prince of darkness right i heard about
0: that there's yeah there's like a quote-unquote apocalypse trilogy right
1: yeah and i think of the mouth of madness is the last one that's right that is, is there's there's no happy endings to any of these films. Yep. And, and what makes the thing so strong, and and you know, to bring it to a modern movie, which is the the, the thing that you guys do on this show, mm-hmm. uh, the the hateful late ending was pretty much a copy of. The oh, now you know?
0: you you and Brian need to have a little conversation right now because uh, this is one of his favorite movies. And Brian, didn't you bring that up?
2: Yeah, uh, Quentin. Uh, he's he's outright said, you know, this movie's inspired by the thing.
1: Oh yeah, because he 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 hired uh, Ennio Marinconi, and you know, uh, it's a funny story because Quentin never never has never hired anybody to do a score, and he took a he took a risk during this movie, and he told. Uh, Enriel go make me a score for my movie, and Enrio came back with a horror movie score and he was like, "What the fuck and he's like, okay well, I guess we'll use it so if you look at if you if you look at the hateful eight and the and the score it's very much a horror movie score, but it does fit the the motif of the movie as well, which is the the beautiful part of it, but it, it you you could take that score out and put it in a, in a horror movie and it'll work just as well um and then also there was outtakes from the thing soundtrack which which enrio also did uh and and you know they used it in the hateful eight. But yeah, the, the 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 whole idea about the ending of the thing is that both of the characters are dead. They're they're both gonna die. It's just about who's gonna die first because one of them is infected and it's eventually gonna kill the other one. And that and it's, it has a very it's a very somber ending, you know. So um, I love this movie.
2: Lance already knows this is one of my all time favorites here. I rewatch it every year. The the parano I've actually um my oldest daughter is into horror movies and uh, this is one of her favorites too. The whole, uh, the paranoia and not knowing who's who you can trust. Right. The, the creature designs on everything. I actually, um, cause we did a, uh, we had a discussion about this one in the remake and I, I really, or the sequel or prequel, whatever it was. I really wish they used more practical effects in that one. Yeah.
1: That was a, that was a 22 year old Rob Bolton, I believe, the one that did a, the makeup effects here and he did a great job. I think it was Rob Bolton. I th- I don't know if I have my makeup artist. My special effects artist confused, but it was yeah, Robin. You're,
0: you're right. And he actually um had a nervous breakdown because he was he was literally working like seven days a week, uh twelve hours a day on it.
1: Yeah, and then it had the great Dean Kundi, who's a great cinematographer, and it has all, he did all of Carpenter's early work. That's the reason why all his movies look so beautiful, because Dean Cundey's a an Academy Award winner uh, cinematographer. This, To me, this is like a perfect movie. It's in my top five movies of all time, not just horror. So it's like you know everything you want in a movie is here you know and and it's it's so perfectly crafted and and everybody does their job as far as the performances are concerned uh so and and again when you think of this movie you think of all the classic scenes that it that it has you know even if people have never seen the thing if you describe a scene they'll know what you're talking about
0: yeah some something tells me you may be spoiling uh one of brian's high picks here
1: and then, <laughs> and, and then um now let's talk a little bit about the the fucked up part about the thing. What happened is that it came out the same week. I think it was the same week as E.T., right? And it took E.T. Yes. to yeah. So here we have the same thing that happened with Big Trouble in Little China. It's like John Carpenter came out with a great film that should have been a classic off the gate, but all all the steam was taken out of it because of ET, and it, this film was actually a, a commercial flop. It really affected John Carpenter how he saw working in the studio system. You know, Big Trouble in Little China was the one that really broke him as far as dealing with the studios, and he went back to kind of being an independent. Right. But this is this one also took a big hit as far as what he what he thought working with studios and all that stuff. So. um but thankfully, it ended up really finding its place on video, and 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 you know it re- it really has become a classic over the last twenty years or so, and now it's like one of the best movies of all time. Unfortunately, at that time, nobody saw it like that, and and it wasn't a success.
0: Yeah, this is pro. This is probably if if you think about the thing, it's probably when you look back at Carpenter fans, it, either his number one or number two favorite, and his and his and and the other one that would vie for that. I'm going to be covering a little bit later on if if you have an idea. You know what I'm talking about. Well, when you think of John Carpenter, you always think of The Thing, for sure.
2: And for anybody uh, that's a fan of uh, Scream Factory, they're releasing a a Collector's Edition Blu-ray here pretty soon. I heard about that, man.
1: I was very upset because uh, they're they're also releasing The Exorcist 3 uh special edition and it's like man their their blu-rays ain't cheap you know so i was thinking man if, that's like a 45 dollar right. hit on two blu-rays <laughs> and I was yeah like, I, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know if I want...
2: <laughs> a little a little off subject they are releasing the child's play special edition
0: i saw comes, that as well man I th- yeah it comes I I comes with a
2: collectible can... uh collectible figure chucky right. figure and that's gonna run, uh, the pre order is gonna run you about about sixty bucks on that one.
0: So can I go ahead and buy it now? I'm, I'm I've got my credit card out and I'm I'm googling right now. Where where can I get? Yeah, you?
2: they uh screen. Uh, I think the website screen is Factory? ShoutFactory.com. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm in, dude, for sure.
1: Now now here here's the deal with Child's Play. This is what upsets me. They never made good guy dolls to like sell them no i don't shit. want See, here's the thing we probably say well go buy a chucky doll i don't want a right? chucky doll i don't want charles lee ray doll i want a, a uh-huh. fucking good guy doll yeah you no know? shit and you, you you can't find them anywhere you know and <laughs> but you, you you could have you could have them custom made i, I i've seen like five thousand dollar custom made it's like no i mean they they should have mass produced these because there's a market for them i would buy one of them motherfuckers you well know? hell
0: yeah why wouldn't there <laughs> be man
1: and uh, I guess what happened for the movies, they just created the boxes, and you know, you're, it gives the illusion that they have a lot of, you know, good guy dolls. But it, they never really made a lot of models. Yeah, that, that's the story there. I because I, I, I've been on the market one for one for years, but I ain't gonna spend on no five Gs. You know, I just I don't have that kind of money.
0: Yeah, which which one was it where they were actually uh, in, in the in the uh, good guy factory? Wasn't that uh, Child's Play two?
3: That was yes. two, yeah
0: yeah that that was fucking awesome that was one of my favorite especially at the age I was when I saw it that was just one of my one of my favorite scene uh, scenes of a movie of all time and I actually also liked i I think was it the third one where Andy went to military academy
3: yeah yeah okay yes.
0: so do you guys remember that crazy fucking ending at the end where they were in the uh, the carnival that somehow turned into this big giant amusement park with this huge roller coaster ride that went down like into a mine shaft and everything.
1: Yeah, and then somehow there was a big fan that killed Chucky. Yeah, no shit, dude.
0: Where the fuck did that come from? From a little traveling carnival, you know? I I, mean, dude, that tripped me out. I loved watching that.
1: My memory of that movie is when he's going to kill the old man, and the old man has a heart attack when he sees the fucking doll move, (laughs) and so he just just dies and then Chucky's (laughs) like, you got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs) Oh, I love it, dude. Chucky was so
0: disappointed, wasn't
2: he? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway so i'm done with the thing uh you guys uh, brian you're next i believe
2: okay my number we, two are we gonna talk
1: about the thing all night i don't care this is a great fucking movie but anyway oh
2: i think we'll get back to that one
1: <laughs>
2: uh my number two is uh, they live
1: ah oh, you oh. asshole
0: there you go spoiling me now <laughs> uh
2: starring rowdy piper and keith david
0: right well that's my number two also so we can just go ahead and start talking now
2: one of the longest fight scenes, I believe, in a movie. Dude. That, that was an awesome fight scene. And a lot of it was, uh, I believe, improv between the two of them.
0: That, that makes sense. The way it was filmed, I could can, I can definitely see that. Keith David was not going to put those motherfucking sunglasses on, was he? No, he wasn't. <laughs> and,
1: there, and, there, and there is a, in a, wrestling, is known as a side suplex in the fight scene, which I know Roddy Piper had a lot to do with that.
0: Really? Um, to, you would, exp- you, you, explain you, what that is.
1: I believe that's when uh, you grab somebody and kind of like, like if you're gonna pick them up, but you put your arm around uh, their arm around your neck, and then you just pick them up and go backwards.
0: Okay. All right. So
1: uh, that's I've never seen that in a real fight. So, <laughs> and then I think uh, Brian does he do it like an actual suplex too? I remember I vaguely remember that.
2: I think he does. <laughs> there, there, there's a, a lot that went into that fight.
1: Oh, and then there's the sleeper. Of course. How could I forget the sleeper? Right? Yeah. That's when then, he, I, I think that's when he finally gets them to put on the glasses when he puts on the sleeper hold on him.
2: I believe so. <laughs> and then, of course, it's got the famous, uh, I've come here to uh, chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all, all out, out, of, out bubble of bubble gum. gum. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, from what I understand, was Improv by Roddy Piper. <laughs>
0: So, hey, so let, let me ask, let me ask you guys that or this. What do what do y'all think of Meg Foster? Not just in this role, but like overall.
1: Her eyes always captivated. Yes.
0: No shit, the most beautiful blue, uh, piercing eyes.
2: Right. She can be in the most shittiest movie, mm-hmm. and I always remember her in the movie because of her eyes.
0: How can you not?
2: Like speaking of a shitty movie, Masters of the Universe. Right. Yes. Yeah. In that one, and I remember her in that one.
0: Who was she in Masters of the Universe though? Uh
2: Eva Lynn.
1: Yeah, hmm. no, another another uh Canon uh Canon film. You're right. Uh, yeah,
0: Canon <laughs> Canon loved that kind of shit, didn't they? She
1: was she was also in the in the in the Rudd Howard classic, Blind Fury. Remember you guys remember Blind Fury?
0: Absolutely. I love that movie. <laughs> when, when,
1: uh, was when that Rod Howard? Yeah, Roger Howard. I can't say I'm Latino. That's too hard right. for Latino here. Give me a okay. break. Right. No, no, but uh, <laughs> I do love the part where he's uh he's crossing the street and he he's crossing. I don't know what the fuck. There's a crocodile in the middle of the street. This is the, this is the '80s. People, everybody was on cocaine. Right. Uh, so so there's a crocodile in the in the middle of the street, and then he he's he's blind, so he just taps it, and he's like, "Nice, doggy." And <laughs>
2: Yeah, another movie I just recently seen her in. Uh, I did a rewatch of. Uh, any of you guys watch the Best of the Best series?
1: Yeah, of course.
2: Yeah, she was in the sequel with Eric Roberts.
1: And uh, the the late Chris Penn, I believe, was in it too.
2: Yes, ah, yes, he okay. was.
1: Okay,
0: but big before or after he ballooned into a three hundred
1: pound. No, I, no, that was that was that was uh, before.
0: Okay.
2: But yeah, she she's very recognizable with those eyes.
1: Yeah,
0: gor- gorgeous, dude, um, and not not but, as good looking anymore kind of rough looking but she still has the eyes uh the the lords of salem guys remember that
1: yeah i didn't like that movie very much i'm not really a rob zombie guy i don't know if i'm breaking any hearts here no i i
0: I kind Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. but but that's good man difference of opinion that's what this show's all about
1: the thing about her though is that it's not okay She is a very beautiful woman with those eyes but they also kind of they're also kind of intimidating imagine waking up next to those eyes every morning like there is that cool part about it but there's also like what the fuck you know so anyways Meg Foster ladies and gentlemen
2: yeah the overall message in this movie how you know the hidden messages everywhere when you put on the glasses
1: the, uh, the was... social the, the, the social commentary is, is incredible here just the way because it's almost like you have the the, 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 the social elite which are the you know the, 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 the millionaires and the politicians and they're the aliens and actually um, Roddy Piper he's kind of a, he's a bum he's a homeless bum. And actually, his name is Nada, which is Spanish for nothing. That's his actual name in the movie. So, really? Um, yeah, his name is, his name is uh, John Nada, which means mm-hmm. okay, John John. Not- so the the message here is that you know you're dealing with that whole. Poor, poor society against rich society. That you know, the, the whole thing that's been going on for years in, in real life. You know, sure. All the layers of social commentary here are incredible. Like consume, consume. You know, uh, this is the, your god, and this and that. I think this movie is ahead of its time. I think I think this movie even now is relevant to kind of the st- stuff that we see in the news nowadays and all that. So I think this is another great great example of John Carpenter when he was in his prime.
0: Yeah, good good point, man and and all, and all these things theme, themes uh come back again and it's like now more than ever it's act, it's actually kind of true you know
1: yeah Thank like you. now with like like with social media you know people are married right? to their phones now you know you have you have like walking zombies like just hooked on their phones and you know consuming and so so it, it's 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 a, this movie i feel like is never going to get old it's always going to be relatable no matter what era we live in right so it's 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 pretty good and 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 of course the, the you know you have the the, the, the parallel to that is it's is, uh, is a homeless person, which is Roddy Piper's character, who has nothing to lose and by having nothing to lose he's the one that has the biggest eyes to see what's really going on. He's the one that kind of, he's the hero and he's the one that kind of tries to overtake the, the, the aliens or whatever they are. We never really find out if he really wins or not, even though he destroys the satellite, but he kind of sacrifices himself in doing so. Uh, you could kind of classify this as another one of Carpenter's Armageddon movies, because we really don't know if he did enough to kind of you know, unmask the alien. You know, the aliens.
0: Yeah, he was kind of like uh, Randy Quaid at the end of Independence Day, right?
1: Yeah, except he didn't say up your.
0: <laughs> but he had, but he had some better one-liners, like we've talked about, right?
1: Yes, he, yes, he did. Yeah. That he did.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I, I think we would agree that this is, uh, it's a pretty goddamn good movie.
1: And of course, Keith David has that wacky voice that I love.
0: Oh fuck, dude! Anything Keith David is in, I'm watching. Period. <laughs> This dude is this dude is something else, man. And and you want to talk about another actor who shows up in pretty much fucking everything? This yeah. guy's never out of work.
1: Not to be confused with David Keith, which happens all the time. Which is another right? that's a white as a white guy, and he's he's another actor.
0: Yeah, but un- unfortunately he he went he went out the wrong way, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, what do you mean by that? He he's passed uh, away.
0: Is, isn't David Keith the one that, uh, that got cancer and it ended up uh, shooting himself so he wouldn't have to go through the pain of it?
1: I didn't know that. I just...
0: If I'm not mistaken, I, th- I think so. All right, I'm going to uh, look that up real yeah, quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure David Keith is, um, wasn't he... he on like a TV show, like maybe their family affair or something like that? And I could have sworn that, that he ended up committing suicide because he had pretty bad uh, cancer. Uh, I could, I could, be, he's, thinking, he's I could be thinking of somebody else.
1: He's alive and well, brother. All right, well, I'm
0: thinking of somebody completely different than obviously.
1: Yeah, he's he's, a, he's another character actor with a uh, with like Keith, Keith David.
0: Okay, so he he's younger than the person I was thinking of.
1: I like how, I like how here on Wikipedia they tell you very prominently, right? not to be confused with Keith David. Right. Oh, okay,
0: <laughs> makes perfect sense,
1: right? you know even though they look nothing alike but they do have the same name right. just backwards so yeah, uh, anyways any, they live yeah it's a classic
2: yeah any fans of david keith uh, don't worry he's he's still alive so
1: okay well i and any haters of david keith i don't know what to tell you i'm sorry
0: <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> but i but i'll definitely do some research and by the time we do our next show i'll uh figure out exactly who i was thinking of because i know there was somebody that that happened Brian Keith, maybe. (laughs) And
1: we gotta we gotta gotta do like the Terminator and just go through the phone book one by one. one, Yeah, let me
0: let me let me tell you this. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was Brian Keith, and I really think he might have been David Keith's father.
2: There you go. I mean, all kidding
0: aside, I really really think that's the case.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Okay, I just looked it up. You are correct. It was Brian Keith.
1: You got the wrong Keith. But 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 is is that
0: his father, or am I am I off on that?
1: I don't think so, because David Keith's pretty old.
2: Well, it does he does have a son named David? So. <laughs> Man, I'm pretty sure we're
0: getting closer. I am pretty okay. sure.
2: I'll do. Some but it was it was it was it was Brian Keith though, died of a self inflicted gunshot wound. Mm-hmm. So okay. we both covered our number two.
1: I think I'm gonna take everybody's number one as my number two, and that's what worries me. So I'm gonna that's switch right. things up. I'm gonna sw- no, I'm gonna switch things up, and I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick a one that's in the in in Carpenter's kind of middle of the road, but it, I think it's still a great movie. And I'm talking about Christine. That's the one I'm gonna pick next. Okay. Uh, you know, again, uh, you that that has a lot of rewatchability. It, it it also deals with with like, see the thing about John Carpenter movies is not just about. The, the theme it's also about the characters and, and 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 the humanity of the characters at least his early years i'm not talking about his later years and christine i believe had um a guy by the name of keith gordon i believe his name was the the, the main actor the the one that's you know that, that that gets possessed by the car right i i've when, when i when i watched it i was grow, i was a impressionable young man there was something about that, the the, the 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 coolness of the car. Like, I could totally relate to that, you know, and you're going through high school and you're kind of a nerd. And, you know, the, this car kind of comes out of nowhere and kind of it, it really what this is a love story when you want to get down to it with a car and, and a boy in a car, you know, which is kind of wacky. And this is an adaptation of a Stephen King novel. Now, I don't know how happy Stephen King was with uh, Carpenter's portrayal of I've never heard him say anything negative about it, whereas he kind of. When Stephen King has something bad to say about his adaptations, he'll say it. You know, he said he, The Shining sucked, and he said uh, you know other films have sucked, but he's never talks smack about uh, Carpenter's movies. This is one of my favorites. What do you guys think of, of Christine?
2: Oh, uh, this is uh this was uh, my honorable mention right here. Uh, one of the things that I always that I always liked in the movie was um, what was the main actor Keith Gordon?
1: Keith Gordon, yeah, Arnie. His, yeah,
2: his yeah his transformation from that's right nerd to that to where he (laughs) ended up before he died Uh, i always liked that part of the movie and how he didn't he didn't need the 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 best was that his best friend in the movie or was just a a friend the guy that was
1: yeah it was kind of like that was the 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 jock who kind of like looked out after him because he was such a yeah
2: but by by a certain point in the movie he didn't need him anymore
1: that's right right
2: and i always liked that part of the movie (laughs)
1: And i And I used to love how the car used to talk through the music on the radio like like the 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 car would express its emotions through whatever song would come out of the radio. I thought that was a like a neat trick. For the for, like, because you couldn't have a talking to- a car, you know, you're not dealing with Knight Rider here. So <laughs> the, the the way it expressed itself was through music, and I thought that was phenomenal because it also gave Carpenter a chance to come up with a phenomenal soundtrack for, you know, it has a lot of oldies in it, you know. So it it, it was, it was a, I, I like that idea. One of my favorite scenes in the entire movie is like, and, and I think this is like a like a like a crossing point where you know that Arnie's full evil. Once Arnie realizes that the car is alive you know in that in that great scene where he 's like, "Show me," and the car just built itself again like like you know that that to me is a pivotal point in the movie because at that time I feel that 's when when arnie 's officially an evil person with the car he 's officially been taken over by the car Yeah,
0: officially possessed huh
1: you know the analogies that, it, that, that that the movie has as far as you know being in love, even like with a girl or whatever, how you become kind of possessed by a girl or whatever I, I love all that stuff because there 's a, a lot of like like, sub-layers to the character uh, as as far as, like, being ignorant to everybody else and just focusing all your time with this fucking car, you know. And then, of, of course, the ultimate demise, you know, where he finally gets killed. I'm talking about Arnie, and the car gets, you know, all all rubbled up. They kind of go out together, you know. So this is another great Carpenter movie.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at uh, potential people they could have cast as Arnie, and these would have been way different movies. Uh, Scott, ba- Scott Bale as Arnie.
1: Oh, no, come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> he had that and, Charles uh, in Charge uh, stink in him.
2: And also Kevin Bacon auditioned for the role. Hey,
1: that might have been good.
2: He opted yeah. out because of Footloose.
1: Well, he did the right choice. But, okay, I was going to say, because if it was after Footloose, he was already typecast. But if it would have been before Footloose, then it, it probably would have worked out. But Scott Bale, I don't know about that.
2: <laughs>
1: maybe Maybe Willie Ames, that would have worked out.
2: Yeah, originally they were going after Scott Bayo and Brooke Shields.
1: Oh, okay. They ended up going with Alexandra Paul, who ended up in Baywatch later on. Mm-hmm. And and then and then one of our favorites, Harry Dean Stanton, is on here as well.
0: Oh yeah. Is he in the movie?
1: Yeah, he plays one of the detectives.
0: Yeah, I I really haven't seen Christine in years.
1: Yeah, you should, that's another one you should revisit because it just—it just has a lot of a, uh, it has a lot of grown up theme. It, it has it has a lot of grown up themes within the fantasy of the fucking car possessing a, a kid, you know. So that's what I like about it.
2: And it also has what what is a con- continuing theme of this podcast where I recognize stupid people in this movie that think they can <laughs> outrun the car. Ah, right, here we go. Stupid <laughs> people, I gotta point them out every time. <laughs> Car is on fire, and you are running in a straight line up the street. So that's all I gotta say.
1: Okay, but to be fair to that fat kid, he did think that he was safe when he goes into an alley that was that was shorter than the than the car would fit. Right. He was not expe- he was not expecting the fucking car to wiggle his way into that alley, you know, squishing itself in the process. That's something that was that, that you know was not in the budget of the this kid who ended up getting ran over or killed (laughs)
2: i'll give you that one i'll give you that one
1: (laughs) guys while you
0: while you guys have been talking i i did some research on the uh uh, david keith uh situation (laughs) (laughs) and brian keith no relation (laughs) no relation whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) for whatever the fuck that's worth (laughs)
1: All right, so uh, Brian's next, I believe, because that was that was my number two. Oh,
2: uh, my number one weird. was, yeah, my number one was already spoken. Is uh, the thing, not surprised. You know? Yeah, you know we've already said enough. Every if you haven't checked this movie out, every, I think I think everybody needs to give it a watch.
1: The thing is that what about when uh, Kevin Williamson took that 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 scene where they're getting tested almost verbatim, damn near plagiarism right. for the faculty, you know. Uh, he, 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 oh, that's
0: he, right, I forgot all about that, man.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. they redid it in the faculty and uh What a and, fucking
0: uh, rip-off, dude. Just a straight up rip-off, that's all that is.
1: Well the thing about Kevin Williamson is that he's always done that. Like if you see all his movies like the the, the scream and you know, I right. you know what you did last summer yeah, and, and, all... speak, and
0: speaking of Kevin Bacon, he worked with him on that on that uh TV show. Oh, uh, uh, The Following. The Following, yeah. And and that was that, a pretty goddamn a good, good show. TV show
1: yeah that was a, for a while for a while for a while
0: you know, or, and it kind of went downhill it, it 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 was a big missed opportunity I think they could have done so much more with it
1: I mean in what way because the concept was very like you't can't, you can't stretch that concept out where like you have a cold killing for No
0: you. no i I agree, I agree, but I think I think that once uh they killed Purefoy off at the end of the first season, they should have just left him dead. And I think yeah. he, should, he should have focused on, like, every year he could have gone after a different cult. That oh, would have okay, been a okay. good show.
1: That would have been a good show. Yeah, you're right.
0: So, you know, I mean, but for like you say, the first season was really good. So for what it, you know, for what it was, it was enjoyable for a while.
1: So, anyways, I wanted to talk about how Kevin Williamson's a thief, and he stole that scene right out of Carpenters. <laughs> sure you know, sounds like
0: I'll, it, man. Now, now that I'll you see- mention it, I, I haven't seen that movie in probably 25 years. Or whenever it came, what was about 25 years ago that it came out? No, I, no, no, no. 15 I was, years ago, right?
1: Yeah, about 15 years okay. ago.
0: Okay. No, more um, than that, 20, I'll bet.
1: No, it was in 98.
0: Oh, 98, okay, all right, that makes sense, 18 years ago then.
1: I don't know if I should be proud or embarrassed of knowing that fact at the top of my head, but well, it was definitely 98.
0: <laughs> you know what, I, so, um, I remember enjoying watching it, but now that you, you say that and I'm thinking about the scene again, I'm like, that fucking asshole...
1: Well, may- maybe, maybe you enjoyed it because it was a Robert Rodriguez film. And, you know, at that time, he still hadn't hit rock bottom yet, so he was still pretty good. That, um, was,
0: that was actually a, a Rodriguez-directed film?
1: Yes, yeah. sir. The faculty, yeah.
0: No shit. <laughs> I, I, fuck, dude, I didn't know that.
1: That was a, a Dimension Films. Well, fuck, fuck, dude.
0: Okay, that's probably why I liked it then.
1: I'm going to go with Halloween. What else needs to be said? We All have right. to talk about Halloween.
0: Here, here we go again with uh, with two guys picking the same number one. Then,
1: I, I expected it because I mean, Halloween is a classic. That, yep. that And that that we label gets thrown around a lot, but this movie is a trendsetter, a classic, a masterpiece, everything you want to call it. That's what Halloween is.
0: Absolutely, and, dude.
1: We talked about the. I think the best double feature you could have is Halloween with the Thing because you're you're gonna come out of there scare shitless with and, and both in different ways.
2: Right. Yeah, and it, and it's just it's one of those movies. If you've never seen the movie, you know the music.
1: But what I like about this movie more than anything is, like, if you're into film and just making movies, right. this is a great this is a great little film to see in film school because. Every shot is so perfectly crafted. It reminds me of like what James Wan is trying to do now. Mm-hmm. But this is John Carpenter doing it in 78. You know, it's like one of my favorite scenes of all time is, uh, is the, the part where Michael Myers gets out of his car. And, and he's stalking Tommy, right? And Tommy has that, that big pumpkin. Right. And then the, cam- the camera is dollying Michael Myers at uh, shoulder length. And, he just, and and he's walking through the fence. Uh, first of all, John Carpenter found a way to have the camera come out of the car without the technology we have today without actually you know having the cameraman bump all over the fucking car and then he ended up following michael myers and then you know you have little little Tommy running around with and that's when he trip they trip him with the with the pumpkin and then and then as he's running he he bumps into michael myers and michael myers grabs his arms you know so Great how so how
0: did so how did he pull that that shot off do you know
1: it's in the commentary. I forget, and and, and that was probably Dinkandy, who who again as I said earlier that was his cinematographer for years and years. Sure, that's that, that that's one of my favorite shots, you know, of the entire entire movie. Um, and then of course the thing that makes Halloween so great, and what a lot of these ripoffs that came later never understood, was the uh, the characters. We all fell in love with the three yes. girls, you know. We all fell in love with with uh, Laurie Strode and 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 Linda. And, and um and Annie, you know, uh, great actresses in their own parts. In the first part of the film, that's all we're doing. We're walking with them, and we, we're eavesdropping on them. And their conversation is so fluid and so smooth. You know, it's like it's like these three girls are legitimately best friends. And you know, in the background, we have you know the shape Michael Myers just kind of stalking them. You know, and and so right. it just. It just works so perfect. I love this. is my This is my number two favorite movie of all time. My number one movie of all time is Pulp Fiction, but this is my okay. number two favorite right, cool. movie ever. Ever. That's a, that's um, a good one-two punch right there. Are you? Don't,
2: are don't, you? Don't
1: say, don't don't say who taught him how to drive, please. No,
2: no, no, no. <laughs> uh, are you? Are you looking forward to this this uh, next Halloween movie that John Carpenter is involved in, possibly composing the music?
1: Not really, man. I mean, because I know that john carpenter doesn't have it in him anymore to be creative like he was like again we said it earlier he's gotten lazy and it's like just pay me you know and, and he, again he, he, this is out of his mouth not my mouth i mean i'm gonna watch it because i'm a huge fan for michael myers but I, I don't really care to i'm not excited for it is what i'm trying to say but
0: but pedro you don't you don't think this could kind of like uh maybe re-spark his passion a little bit because this was his original passion project man
1: I don't know. We'll see. I just saw him in concert about a month ago. Yeah. You, so you John
0: went him. to that, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it was phenomenal. It was it was a magical night. He sang all his hits. So, well, he didn't sing them. He played them.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, what 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 did he do? Just kind of like sit behind a keyboard, and he had a band around him, or how, how was that?
1: Yeah, exactly. He 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 has a band which includes his son. His son's also a keyboardist. Okay. He had a. It was a young band. It was maybe kids in their early twenties, and they were just oh, rocking cool. out, man. Yeah, it was just rocking out the whole time, and what what I like about the live show is that you're getting you're getting raw music as as his theme, so everything has a little more kick to it. You know, it's live music. Well, he played maybe about eighteen songs. What he did was he chose one song from every one of his movies. Okay, so they then, so they
0: were all songs that were actually from soundtracks then.
1: Yeah, well, scores. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. And, 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 and what was cool is that whatever movie he was playing it would be in the like they would have like little shots of it in the background you know
0: ah, okay, so, perfect.
1: so so like when when he when he played the theme from they live it had like consume and you know the the the, the classic <laughs> logos of they live you know not so bad. it was it, it was great it was a great time man. Right. And, and for being seventy man he he would start dancing you know he he still had a little jig in him, even though he's an old man no kidding yeah so uh it was it was a good time to see him Getting back to Halloween, um, yeah, man. I mean, what else could you say about it? It was just—it was just—it's like a perfectly crafted movie, um, and it fucks with you. And as far as what you expect, you know, and and it, and it really—the—the uh, the, the thing that separates this movie from other movies that came after it is—is is the craftsmanship within this movie. You know, like I said, you could tell that he took his time to build everything—the story, the mm-hmm. pacing, the shots everything and everything pays off the last 10 minutes when it's just balls to the wall michael myers trying to kill uh, lori strode mm-hmm. i mean how many classic how many classic scenes do we have there in itself you know we have the the trying to break into the closet scene which is phenomenal we have him rising from the dead as she's on the she's in the uh, in the doorway kind of like you know breathing heavy because you gotta understand that that's how we are as the audience. We're her, like, oh fuck, I'm glad this is over, and we're just kind of thinking, trying to get our breath back. And all of a sudden, this motherfucker rises again in the background, you know? And you're like, fuck. And then also, there's that other aspect of it, how John Carpenter said this guy has no meaning. Like that whole brother bullshit came later. That wasn't even part of the original. Oh yeah, story.
0: yeah, and that and it, that and that's another reason that it does kind of piss me off sometimes that they keep trying to add to a mythology that didn't need anything added to it.
1: This is just. This is just. Like like he said, it was just pure evil. We don't have to know why he chose Laurie Stroll. We don't have to know why he went – well, he went to Haddonfield because that's where he grew up. But yeah. we just we – we don't have to know the reason behind the evil. And then once you start showing it to us, it loses a little bit of its luster.
0: Well, you know, the the slow burn aspect of this movie was was, was something that really – you know, I mean it tied in with a lot of movies that were going at, at the time. But it, I think it also set precedent for a lot of movies that came later because – I mean, you you didn't really even see any violence until what? At least two thirds into the movie. Well, the,
1: the the sister in the beginning.
0: Well, besides the the opening scene, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah. Then it's like a long. You know, it it takes place in one night, really. So mm-hmm. up until it gets. And and what I do, what I love about it is that it has a lot of rewatchability. For example, when you watch it again, you start to understand that this this movie. It's daytime, and then shit starts when it gets dark. Like, like little things sure. like that, you start noticing, you know. And and there's that classic scene where he sneaks up from behind her, and you know, you just see the mask come out. You know, that, that that's one of the most famous scenes in the movie. So I mean, this I always get excited when I talk about this movie because everything about it is great. There's nothing about it that you know it peaked at the right moment for me as far as just being a great movie.
0: And it was it was made on a relatively uh, low budget, right? And and didn't they film it around? Uh... Like California, so if you really look, you can see like palm trees and stuff like that in the in the background. Yeah. Even though it's supposed to be uh, New, what New England or wherever the story took place,
1: Illinois, yes, yeah, Illinois. Okay, good. but but uh, oh. it's funny because I live about ten minutes away from the actual house, and the house looks nothing like it did here. But it still has a lot of tourists trying to take pictures and get next to the house and all that. Of course. So, um, anyways, and Doctor Loomis. Now that's the only thing about this movie that Doctor Loomis is just kind of wacky because when you think <laughs> th- when you think about it, uh, for about ninety percent of the movie, he's going around in circles, like literally going around. He can't find this guy, but he he's always seems to be like one step behind him, you know. And sure. he, just
3: seems,
1: he just can't seem to find him until the very end, where he finally shoots him, quote unquote, six times. <laughs> but, but 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 really, it's like five times or seven times. Or is I know the number is wrong.
0: Okay, that's a, that's another piece of trivia, huh? <laughs> and then he he falls down and 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 gets up again, right?
1: Yes, but my thing is, okay, so if John Carpenter wasn't gonna write the sequel, well, why the hell did he get up? I guess just just so we could get even more scared because he's yeah, still out just there. Have a, just
0: have a creepy ending, right? Like the mystery yeah. of it—you you don't know what's gonna happen, you know?
1: Right, right. So uh, yeah, I give I give this movie it's a ten out of ten for me.
0: Wow, man. I've, I've never That's, given any movie a 10 out of 10, but I would give this one like a 9.5 for sure.
1: Wait a, wait a minute. So not even your favorite movie of all time. your number one. A Clockwork
0: I, Orange. So, <laughs> okay, that so might I, be a 10 out of 10. Okay. Might be a 10 out of 10. Kubrick, Kubrick's favorite film ever, and he's my favorite director ever. So yeah, I, I, I could probably slip into 10 for Clockwork Orange, but nothing else.
1: Wait a minute, are you saying that Kubrick's favorite film of all time is Clockwork Orange? In my
0: opinion, yes.
1: Oh, not in, but not in his, because I want to say, what an egomaniac. <laughs> you have your favorite film be your own film. <laughs> uh, no, okay. okay. No, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> my,
0: that's my favorite Kubrick film. But he's made some good ones, man.
1: Oh, he's a, he's a legendary director. I mean, there's, what else could you say and about a, that?
0: And, a, and of course, as you guys alluded to earlier, uh, Stephen King fucking hated his version of, uh, uh, of uh, The Shining.
1: Yeah, he just he just said that it didn't have it was it was a little too cold, you know. He he, I don't know, I, I don't I don't get that guy half the time anyway when he talks. So
0: hard to tell, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, that that was a good one. And uh, Full Metal Jacket, you guys seen that one?
1: Yeah. Yes. And
0: uh, Doctor Strangelove, that was that was a really good one.
1: He's had some some classics under his he's ha-
0: belt. He's he's had some classic eyes eyes wide shut. Yeah, you know. Not so sure about that one, although, you know, on retrospect, that's one of those, once you've seen it the third or fourth time, you really start to appreciate it, you know?
1: I mean, it has a lot of themes that as I think as we get older, we start to understand as far as relationships. Oh, and yeah, stuff, for sure, how, man. So so it has that going for itself. But when I was a young, like like that movie came out, I was like 18, and I was like, I don't understand what the fuck's going on, you know? But la- in later years, I got a, more of an appreciation for it. Right.
0: And wasn't Peter Stormare in that movie in like a really weird role as like a – a shopkeeper or something like that and
1: i think i think so the fact i, I could have
0: sworn i Storm. saw peter stormare in there you know i, I really have to scratch my memory because i i haven't i haven't probably haven't seen that movie in in i don't know maybe like you know 10 years like a little bit after it came out because i really hated it the first time i saw it
1: give it another shot i think it's it's very it's there's there's some very familiar themes there
0: i, I will definitely do that man Definitely.
1: The only thing the only thing I don't like about Peter Stormare is when he tries to have an play an American, because he's horrible at it.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so I think we've gone through all of our uh, picks at this time, right? Yeah.
1: So now uh, we could talk about honorable mentions, or
0: you know what if if you've got if you guys have some honorable mentions, let's uh, let's cover them, dude, because there's probably a bunch of them.
1: Well, Assault on Precinct thirteen is a good one to start. I mean right? I, I've never seen a little girl eating a ice cream cone get shot right in the chest. Very you know, that's kind of very dark and
0: pretty rough, man. Pretty rough.
1: Um that's one of the ones okay, so that assault on Precinct thirteen because Carpenter was so limited in budget. We talked about right? two weeks ago how the movie collapse could have it could use a bigger budget and become a better movie. Yep. Same thing with the sold piece in 13 because you could see how limited he was in his budget. And some of the shots are very, like, wooden and, and you know, stiff and kind of, you know. I do love the main actor, though. The, yeah, he got a smoke. You know, that guy was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think he's, he's passed away since there. Yeah, that movie could definitely use a bigger budget. Now I know they remade it, but they completely changed the story. It was Yeah, I, did, I
0: didn't like it. I mean, the remake was good, but I didn't like it nearly as much as the original.
1: Yeah, so um, that that's my pick for Honorable Mention. Uh, you know, you have... I, see, if the listeners are noticing, we're avoiding the 90s because he really fell off big in the 90s.
0: Although a lot of people consider... We were talking about Lovecraft on our last show we did together. Yeah. A lot of people consider In the Mouth of Madness one of the better uh, Lovecraft adaptations.
1: From a 10-year span, from 90 to 2000, right? he, really sh- he really shit the bet a lot. I mean, we're
2: talking uh, about. I, I'm gonna go with one from the '90s that I always kind of liked a little bit of vampires.
1: Yeah, James Woods.
2: Yeah, and if nobody uh, recognizes uh, yeah. Tom and Ian Griffith that played the the vampire, who the hell is that? He was the <laughs> he was the main villain in Karate Kid Part Three. Ah, oh, shit.
0: Okay, well <laughs> that explains a lot.
2: No, it's just a movie I remember watching in the theaters, and. Right? It has some good scenes in it. Okay. You know, I'm not I'm not going to say it was it was was total shit. Would you
0: give it an honorable mention or would you just say as far as his 90s work goes it it was it I'll was give crazy.
2: it an honorable mention for his 90s cool. work.
1: All right. It has uh, it has one of the 10,000 Baldwins running around Daniel Baldwin in it.
2: Oh uh, no shit. <laughs> uh also has uh Mark Boone Jr. from uh Sons of Anarchy. That's right. He gets split okay. in half. Right.
1: No, what was cool about that, okay, what's cool about that, the, the original vampire team that he had together, you'll notice it's a plethora of fucking B-movie actors and, and, and stuntmen. That you've yes. seen it, you've seen it like a thousand other movies of Carpenter and in the eighties. But they do have little cameo roles, and and like you said, Mark Boone Junior is one of them. Uh, the Asian guy that we always see as a villain is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just said that in a way where hopefully people don't know what I am talking about, but I don't yes. remember his name. <laughs> had a lot, of,
2: had a lot of guys that everybody's like, I don't know that guy's name, but I've seen him in a bunch of movies. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and, and what I like is when uh, when Thomas Ian Griffin goes to the. Uh, the hotel or whatever they're partying that's when they earn their money because they all take this incredibly horrible looking stunts to for to their deaths you know getting their head (laughs) chopped off being thrown out of windows and shit i don't i always felt like vampires was a good concept and there there's a good movie in vampires but this one ain't it this one didn't
0: quite make it under the film did
1: it no, because the thing is that it starts off really badass like you got James Woods as this vampire slayer, but he's kind of like they never really go into his history, but he's kind yeah. of like uh he works for the Catholic Church, but he curses like a sailor and he he's like a bat he's like an anti hero
2: yeah he's the, uh he's slapping around the one priest I gotta go back and rewatch that one
1: he, he's like i'm gonna stick this 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 stick into his ass, padre. It starts off with that the, the the and then it shows like like Brian was saying earlier that badass vampire team that he assembles of all these B movie actors and then they they have this incredible vignette of like them just hunting vampires for the first 10 minutes um and then the main vampire comes out and he he wipes out the entire team and then it really just like the movie just slows down to a halt because now he has to assemble a new team, and he's he's there's this there's this uh, padre who's kind of like a smart mouth. So then the the middle portion just lags and lags, and it, it never really captures the first twenty minutes of the movie, and it just never really recuperates. So, anyways, that, that's vampires. Uh, I think it was a good movie, but this, you know there was a good movie premise here, but they just the execution was poor.
0: Uh, okay, I do kind of remember this now. So this was kind of like an ensemble cast, uh, ensemble cast type thing, right?
1: Not really, because the those B movie actors they're they're only there for the first. Like I said, they get they get wiped out right away. We just see okay. them in the
2: beginning. It's probably like fifteen twenty minutes into the movie. All right, yeah. So yeah no,
1: safe, no, safe, no, this, safe
0: to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch this one. This is
1: definitely. A James Woods' vehicle, if you want to, right. he's the he's the main guy. Okay, and then and then he never really recuperated because then he did Ghost of Mars, which again had a lot of potential, but the execution was poor. That one had Ice Cube and it had
0: yeah, Jason, I
1: Jason Jason Statham before he was big, you know.
0: Yeah, and I do remember that one pretty well, and I I just remember not liking it that much.
1: Because they had a great cast. It also had like right. Natasha. Hen- they had Natasha Hendritch when she still had a career. You know, it had Pam Greer. You know, mm-hmm. so it it was a good cast. The Clea Duval. Remember, she was an up and rising star, and then just didn't re- re- really work out for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the villain itself is just this wacky monster. His name is Big Daddy Mars, mm-hmm. and, and it just. He doesn't do anything. He just growls throughout the entire movie. That was another movie that was poorly executed. And then he just kind of disappeared until he did the ward about, what, five years ago? That
2: wasn't too bad. That wasn't horrible. Yeah, it was, I, I don't, I just remember being bored with that one. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was pretty dull.
1: I remember it had a twist, but I don't remember what it was. And I was like, oh, it was the same shit we've seen before. Uh, but it. Did, I remember it did have some sort of twist in the middle or, or the end of the movie.
0: Yeah, you're right, you're right. It wasn't like a twist that would really get you thinking, wow, that was super clever. You know, it was just more like a twist of, you know, for the sake of being a twist. Yeah, and it
1: had, it, it had um, ever heard, in it she kind of blew up for a while, but she hasn't really done much recently.
0: Uh, I yeah, I haven't heard of, heard of her in anything new for a while.
2: Uh, she will be in the new Aquaman movie.
0: Ah, okay. Well, there you so. go.
2: Jason, Jason Momoa's love interest, huh? Yeah. Yes.
0: Um, do you guys remember? We're talking about our honorable mentions. Do you guys remember Dark Star by any chance?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was his that. Group.
0: That was a pretty goddamn funny. Space opera movie.
1: Uh, I really yeah. enjoyed that one. That's another nice little honorable mention. Again, that was when he was fine-tuning his craft.
0: He was just getting started, dude. Yep. So that I mean, I would I would consider that one that that, that is worth watching, but it's not really a horror movie.
1: No, it's it's kind of a satire of like space operas. Sure,
0: sure. Yeah, so it's kind of like um, you know, kind of kind of like a, a a like you said, a satire of space operas. Um, there, there was a, a British uh, sci-fi show where they were they uh, it was an ensemble cast on a garbage scowl. Does this ring a bell with you guys at all? No, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I I wish I could think of what it was, but that reminded me a lot of uh, a, a lot of Dark Star.
3: Oh, okay. It's, I don't I don't remember what it was. Yeah, it was kind of like
0: on a, on a ship, and they were an ensemble cast. Ah oh, man, it's right on the tip of my tongue. If if I think about it, I'll, I'll I'll remind you. I think it was a ah red dwarf. No, I've never seen it. You ever heard of that uh-huh. show at all? It it was a BBC show, and it was real big in like the uh, the eighties and the early nineties. I think it started like around mid to the uh, mid to late eighties. But it it reminded me a lot of Dark Star. It's like they're they're out in space and just a, a bunch of really funny shit going on with weird characters. You know.
1: Oh okay. I'll see if they have it. Maybe they have it on YouTube or something.
0: Uh, it could be. It's called. Yeah, it's definitely called Red Dwarf. And um, I think that's worth watching. And that that has the same exact vibe as as Dark Star for sure. Uh, The thing actually wasn't on my top three, but
2: you know, obviously one of the best horror movies of all time. Uh, I mentioned one uh, I used to watch when I was younger: uh, Starman with uh, Jeff Bridges.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that was uh, what was it like right? before right after christine i think yeah it was uh 84
2: yeah, was, yeah. wasn't was that
0: wasn't that the one where he said uh she was teaching him how to drive and he said uh green means go red means stop yellow light means go very fast yes <laughs> right <laughs> where he, yeah. he was just kind of an innocent that was sort of trying to learn the earthly ways and i yeah. think that one actually had like a positive happy ending at the end didn't it
2: I think so. They were actually
0: uh, there were some scientists that actually saved him from being uh, like kidnapped and operated on and everything. Right. Um, yeah. I, I think I think I've heard that movie referred to as like John Carpenter's most most positive movie.
2: And this is going to be the latest John Carpenter film to be remade. So yeah, that's that's all I pretty much have for our honorable mentions.
1: Cool. That's it. That's it. Myself. Yeah. It's just um, movies like Village of the Dam and. He did a couple that are just bad, in my opinion. Um, Ghost of Mars. Well, we talked. No, no, about no, that no. Mem- Mem- Memoirs of the Invisible Man. That's another.
2: One. Oh just, I just, yeah.
1: I just don't. Those are like, I don't want people to wa- don't watch those people. It's now wait most- a minute. Is
2: that
0: is that the one with uh, Chevy Chase in it? Yes. Oh, that yeah. thing was a piece of shit. I had no idea Carpenter directed that.
1: Yeah, yeah. He had, he went through a lull, man. Like. You know, as we as we as we close up this show, I wanna talk a little bit about John Carpenter because really if you if you look at his early work, he should be up there with the Spielbergs of the world and you know the the, the 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 classic filmmakers of our era, but he's not. Yeah, no doubt. And when you study his filmography, you understand why. Like he just started choosing these like bad projects for himself, you know. Right. And he had like he had like three or four like really bad movies in a row and now he's he's a niche director. Like we love him because we we appreciate his work and we we love the genre. But to a mainstream audience, you know, I don't know how much they consider him a a, a classic director. So it's unfortunate because he should be up in the upper echelon with those other guys.
0: Well, I mean he's he's definitely uh, he's definitely up there with all three of us. There's no doubt about that. Or oh yeah yeah. You definitely. know we 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 wouldn't have dedicated our first retrospective show to him. So. You know, hat, hats off to Mr. John Carpenter and, uh, you know, thanks for thanks for bringing us all that you have to be entertained with through the years. So, uh, all right, well, I think that, that wraps up this show. Um, so, again, Pedro, thank you so much for being on the show with us, my friend. We we do appreciate it. And and one more time, if you don't mind letting our listeners uh, know where they can uh, check your stuff out.
1: Yeah, it's uh, geekdom101.com. The show's called the K-Fabulous Lucha Brothers. It's a wrestling show come and have a good time with us we're drinking on the show we're having a good time to go into memory lane and uh just give us a give us a check us out go to itunes we're also on there give us a review and uh thanks for having me guys i had a great time talking about old uh, john carpenter
0: cool well something tell something tells me uh you'll be on again and i and i think uh brian being a little bit of a wrestling fan will probably be on your show i'm I'm not, Absolutely. I'm not in that same group, guys, so I, I, I probably won't be on, or if I am, I'll just kind of sit and listen. But, uh, <laughs> again, we we appreciate it, man. So, um, as always, we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Horror Returns. We'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. You can always reach us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. For up-to-the-minute news, reviews, and interviews visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash returns. And follow us on Twitter at at horror underscore returns. You can find us on Podbean at thehorrorreturns.podbean.com. Also look for us on iTunes. And if you like what you hear, please rate us and review us so we can get those numbers up and we can continue to bring you guys bigger and better stuff. Next week, we are going to be bringing you the much-anticipated Suicide Squad film. So until the horror returns again, good night.